Stadium in Baltimore. With Ralph Kiner, this is Jim Simpson. Manager Gil Hodges of the New York Mets has admired all year long the resiliency of his young team. That is the ability to bounce back. And all year long, experts have been calling the Baltimore Orioles the best American League club of the last 10 years. The Orioles were strong yesterday, winning that first game 4-1. to one. And the Mets, well, they need that resiliency to bounce back and even the series. This second game of the 1969 World Series is brought to you by Chrysler Corporation. Engineering with care. Your host for today, your local Dodge dealer. The Hartford Insurance Group and Hartford agents and brokers everywhere. Gillette, we have a new adjustable razor for a more comfortable shave. The makers of Winston, Salem, and Camel cigarettes. And by Phillips 66, where it's performance that counts. As far as the weather is concerned, we have almost a replay of yesterday afternoon. The sun is out, has been all morning, a beautiful day. The temperature at game time will be nearly 80 degrees. That's slightly warmer than yesterday. And there's a little bit more wind at the present, blowing from right toward left field. The New York Mets are down one game to none. Baltimore looks strong. And today, the New York Mets, who yesterday started nine right-handers against the left-hander Mike Cuellar, only to fail four to one, are starting again today, nine right-handers against the Baltimore left-hander Dave McNally. Very quickly and briefly, the lineups for the New York Mets. Leading off and playing center field, Tommy Agee. Bud Harrelson, the shortstop, bats second. Cleon Jones is in left and batting third. The cleanup batter, Don Clendenin at first base. Ron Svoboda is in right field. Ed Charles at third base. Jerry Grody is the catcher and bats number seven. Al Weiss at second base. And 17-game winner Jerry Kuzman is today's pitcher entrusted with pulling the Mets even in the series. The Baltimore Orioles in left field leading off Don Buford, who had a great day yesterday. Paul Blair is in center. Frank Robinson is in right. Boog Powell bats clean up and plays first base. Brooks Robinson, who had a great day of field yesterday, bats fifth at third. Dave Johnson is at second base. Here's the one change in the lineup. Andy Etcheberron will catch today against the left-hander Kuzman. Mark Belanger at shortstop and the pitcher 20-game winner, Dave McNally. Well, again, in the broadcast booth with us, we're happy to have him, Ralph Kiner. National League star and longtime broadcaster for the New York Mets. And Ralph, I bring it up only because I saw it written in a paper this morning in a locker room interview after yesterday's 4-1 victory by Baltimore over New York. Frank Robinson, the team leader of the Orioles, was heard to say the Mets looked like losers. That is, in their dugout, there was no fire, no spirit. He said they looked like losers. Now, manager Gil Hodges, and you've been watching them for years now, has said that this is a young team that bounces back. Well, Jim, there's no doubt about the fact that the Mets were playing their first World Series game yesterday. There is no doubt about the fact you have to be nervous. I think the Mets in the pregame workouts yesterday were more serious than they had been any time during the season. The Mets certainly look upon the World Series as the ultimate of their overall operation. They were happy to win the Eastern Division of the National League, went on to top Atlanta three straight, and this of course, is a very awesome event. In talking with the ball players on the field before the ball game today, I felt that they still had the same feeling. I think they're more serious than they have been in the regular season. But at the same time, you need something to get you up. And the Mets are leaning right now very heavily on Jerry Kuzman. Jerry has been the stopper for the Mets in their few losing streaks that they had had during the season. 
One of the big games that he won for the Mets came after they had lost three straight to the Pittsburgh Pirates. It was in the stretch drive, and the Mets needed a win, and Jerry Kuzma went out and beat Pittsburgh, and they never lost another ball game after that until after they had clinched the Eastern title in the National League. Jerry Kuzma is a very strong pitcher. He is a low-key guy, somewhat different from Tom Seaver. Tom Seaver, who was the starting pitcher and the loser of the first game of this World Series, is a very excitable young man. Jerry Kuzman is slow. He's easy-talking. He is a low-key man, as we mentioned, and maybe that will help him in his effort to get the Mets on the winning track. Jerry is certainly a brilliant young pitcher. In his two years in the major leagues, he has won 19 ball games and 17 ball games for a total of 36 wins in just two years. He's 25 years of age. I'm sure that right at this moment, the world weighs very heavy on his shoulders. I don't know how you can be a human being and not have that on your mind as you warm up for a very, very important ball game. We'll set up Baltimore's Memorial Stadium for you. It is 309 feet down each foul line. Then it falls away rather quickly with a high concrete barrier on each side before it comes to a half again as high, a seven-foot tarp and chain fence that extends from right field over to midway and left field. The power alleys go from 380 to 390, and straightaway center field is 410. And, of course, this, as we said before, is a tougher ballpark in which to hit home runs than is Shea Stadium in New York. There was one home run yesterday. Don Buford, who hit it, didn't think he had it, didn't think it would go that far. And Ron Swoboda, who went back on it, later admitted that he was nervous, said that he'd actually got the tip of his glove on the ball before it fell over the fence and said that he had mistimed his jump. So this has not been a game of power thus far. And we shall also point out that yesterday, the big men in the Baltimore Orioles lineup, in Frank Robinson, Boog Powell, and Brooks Robinson, with the bat, did not win the ball game. It was the six, seven, and eight batters. More about yesterday's game and this second game of the 1969 World Series in a moment. But now, the Yorktown Suburban High School Band of York, Pennsylvania, and our national anthem.
1969 World Series, and we'll continue with our pregame color right after this message. I've got an important message for you about cars, even if you don't drive a car. It's about the anti-pollution team, Phillips 66 gasolines and Tropartic motor oils. By fighting pollution in a car's engine, they help keep pollution out of the air. So you get a better running engine, and we all get cleaner air. Got the message? Now get the anti-pollution team, only from Phillips 66, where it's performance that counts. Some men have average size hands. Some men have big hands. For men with average hands, Gillette introduces our new adjustable razor with an average size handle. For men with big hands, Gillette introduces our new adjustable razor with a long handle. Both new razors have nine precision settings. Gillette figures a more comfortable razor in your hand means a more comfortable shape. We pause ten seconds for station identification. This 1969 World Series game is brought to you in part by Saratoga Vichy and Saratoga Ginger Ale. Sit back and relax with the Fizz Kids from Saratoga. From Baltimore's Memorial Stadium, this is Jim Simpson with Ralph Carner. The second game of the 1969 World Series is about to take place. The New York Mets are down one game to none. The first pitch being thrown out today by the widow of Babe Ruth, Mrs. Babe Ruth. And we'd like also to say hello to our armed forces who are listening throughout the world and those of you who are listening in Central and South America. The umpires today from the National League, Frank Sicori is behind home plate. Larry Knapp of the American League is at first base. Shag Crawford of the National League is at second base. Lou DeMuro of the American League is at third base. Along the left field line as the Orioles take the field, Lee Wire of the National League. And along the right field line, the man who called balls and strikes in yesterday's opener, won by the Orioles, 4-1 to one behind Mike Cuellar over Tom Seaver, is Hank Soar. And right now, Dave McNally, winner of 20, takes the mound for his warm-ups and for the play-by-play. Of this, the second game of the 1969 World Series, again, the New York Mets broadcaster, Ralph Conner. Thank you, Jim Simpson, and once again, hi, everyone, and as we mentioned earlier, it's a beautiful day for baseball. And Dave McNally, 26 years of age with a record of 20 and 7, warming up on the mound for the Baltimore Orioles. He was in 41 games last year, 40 starts. He had 11 complete games. Four of them have been recorded as shutouts. He worked 269 innings, struck out 166 batters, gave up 21 home runs, and comes into this ball game with an earned run average of 3.21 per nine-inning ballgame. And the first batter for the Mets standing by, Tommy Agee. Tommy in the first ball game was 0 for 4. He'll be followed by Bud Harrelson and then Cleon Jones. The first game won by the Orioles by a score of 4 to 1 as Mike Cuellar pitched a six-hitter. Now the throw on down to second base and for the second time, the throw gets away and goes out into center field. In yesterday's ballgame, it also was thrown into center field. Sometimes... If you're a Mets fan, you would consider that a good omen. Mets with 100 wins in the regular season. They lost 62. The Orioles won 109, lost 53. Both clubs won their divisional play by winning three straight. 
The Orioles over the Minnesota Twins. The Mets over the Atlanta Braves. Now the first pitch of the ball game. And it's in for a call strike. And just like in yesterday's ball game, the Oriole pitcher coming in with the first pitch for a call strike one. Tommy Agee batted at 271 in the regular season. He had 26 home runs, drove in 76 runs. Then the pitch back, a fastball, high and inside, one ball, one strike. Tommy with a brilliant year in his second year with the Mets at one time was the rookie of the year in the American League for the Chicago White Sox. Now McNally back and the 1-1 delivery is swung on and missed. McNally with a fastball gets his second strike. McNally has a fastball that tails away, rides away from a right-hand batter. He is not exceptionally fast, but is fast enough. And he throws the curveball, breaking in on the right-hander. One point. A winner of 17 consecutive ball games. Now at 1-2, the pitch. It is swung on and fouled. And the count stays at one ball and two strikes. Defensively for the Orioles. Andy Echeverin, the catcher at first base. Boog Powell at second base. Dave Johnson at shortstop. Mark Belanger at shortstop. Uh, next to him at third is Brooks Robinson. In left field, Don Buford. In center field, Paul Blair. In right field, Frank Robinson. Now the signs are out. And again, the one-two pitch. And it's swung on and fouled back. And the count again remains at one ball and two strikes. Bob talking about Dave McNally's fastball and Sandy Koufax saying he's never seen a better pitch ball game than the one a week ago. The veteran umpire Ed Rungi of the American League said that Andy Etcheverin, McNally's catcher, told him that he had never seen McNally throw harder than he did last Sunday. Now the pitch back and a curveball is fouled into the stands and the count again stays at one ball and two strikes. Oh, and you're looking for your first World Series base hit. As Tommy Agee is, it helps to stay up there and see those pitches. One thing about pitchers nowadays, they have their streaks of having great stuff and then falling back. And the important thing is to have the good stuff at the right time. And the one-two pitch again, and it's hit foul. A.G. way out in front, pulls the ball hard, foul on the ground, almost into the Oriole dugout, located on the third base side. So McNally having his work here as he pitches to the first man in the second game of this World Series. being played slightly as a pull hitter by Paul Blair in center field. The rest of the ball club just about straight away. And now a swing miss right three. And McNally with a fastball records the first out of the ball game. Mike Cuellar struck out eight Mets in the first game of this series. And now the batter coming up for the Mets. Batting second in the lineup, Bud Harrelson the shortstop. Bud had one hit in three times up in yesterday's ball game. Over the season, he batted 248 with no home runs and 24 runs batted in. Harrelson, the switch hitter, batting right-handed against the left-hander, McNally. And the first pitch is swung on and fouled into the stand, strike one. Looks like we have a capacity crowd here today. Yesterday, the attendance was under capacity for the first time in 25 years. Total attendance of 50,429. The one-strike delivery. Round ball topped out toward the third base side of the mound. Grabbed by McNally. His throw to first base is taken with a fine play by Boog Powell for the out. Powell having to reach high in toward the runner to take the throw that was on the foul side of the bat. So two up and two away. And the Mets now with their top hitter coming up, Cleon Jones. Cleon batted 340 in the overall season, third in the National League to Pete Rose and Roberto Cometti. 
He had 12 home runs and 75 runs batted in. In the first game of the series, he had one hit four times up. He singled the center field his first time up. Leon, a right-hand batter. A straightaway hitter. From Mobile, Alabama. No score. Two men out, top of the first. The ball game just underway under perfect conditions. And the first pitch to Jones. It is into the knees, a call strike. Leon was out of action just about all of the last month of the season with a full muscle in the ribcage. When he had to leave the action, he was the leading batter in the National League. Now the one-strike delivery by McNally hit in the air in foul territory. The ball over by the Mets dugout and going out of play. So McNally now in front with a two-strike count. Mets were nine and a half games out of first place on August 13th. They ended up in their last 49 games by winning 38 and losing 11 to win by three over the Chicago Cubs. I make it eight games over the Chicago Cup. Two strike count. McNally into the short wind up the pitch. It is hit into the stands out of play. So the count remains at strike two. McNally missed a no-hitter back on May 15th against the Twins when he had Cesar Tovar spoil it with a one-hit, one-out single into... The outfield in the ninth inning. The two-strike delivery again, and it's inside. Jones started the swing held up in time. His body went around, but the bat stayed back. And the curveball misses for a 1-2 count. From July 11, 1968 to August 16, 1969, McNally won 31 games and lost only four. So very formidable opponent on the mound. A little pop-up in foul territory. A chance for Booth Powell. He goes over near the stands and makes a catch. So McNally goes through the first half inning 1-2-3 and the score, the Mets nothing, the Orioles coming up. It's do Yankee Doodle. Yankee Doodle. One, two. Yeah. Riding on a pony. Stuck a feather in it and called it macaroni. What did he call it? Macaroni. <laughs> After a child has been in a bad accident, how can an insurance company help him to laugh again? The Hartford knows that money alone can't do it, but people can. Doctors, specialists, therapists when they're needed to treat the injuries, to soothe the shock. And getting them there fast can also help. <laughs> at the Hartford, we know it's often the kind of help you bring in at the start that determines whether or not there'll be a happy ending. Insurance by the Hartford. We try to keep things simple. Along with Ralph Connor, this is Jim Simpson back in Baltimore as we move to the last of the first inning. Again, setting up. Baltimore's Memorial Stadium for you before moving on to New York, 309 feet down each foul line. The power alleys between 380 and 390 into dead center field, 410 feet. 
Sunny weather, temperature near 80 degrees. The Mets are in the field with Don Clendenin at first base, Al Weiss at second, Bud Harrelson at short, Ed Charles at third. In left field, Cleon Jones and center Tommy Agee. In right, Ron Swoboda, Jerry Grody the catcher, and Jerry Kuzman, the 17-game winner, who won 19 a year ago in his rookie season, is the pitcher. And Ralph Jerry, on a brand-new mound here in Baltimore, had to do considerable gardening before he even started his first warm-up. Jerry Guzman had the shovels out, trying to make the holes exactly where he'd like to have them. Jerry is a very strong pitcher. He has a tremendous knee bend, and in pitching, he drags that left knee on the ground. He gets down that low, and that's where his great momentum comes from, from the great follow-through that he has. Jerry in the season won 17. He lost nine. He won eight of his last nine games, his last five straight. He was in 32 ball games as a starting pitcher. He had 16 complete games. He worked 241 innings, striking out 180 batters. Six shutouts, and he had an earned run average of 2.28 throughout the season. He allowed 14 home runs, which is a very low amount for a pitcher with that many starts. Now the first batter for the Orioles stepping up, Don Buford. Don batting right-handed. He had two hits and four times up in the first ball game and a 291 average for the year. In the first pitch of the game, a hard fastball in for a call strike. So Kuzman starts off with a blazing fastball. Buford hit the second pitch of the ball game, left-handed, off Tom Seaver out of the ballpark in yesterday's ball game. Now a slow curve back low, and the count one ball and one strike. Guzman changes speeds off his curveball, seldom off his fastball. And now the left-hander back, the 1-1 delivery, and a curveball for a ball, and Jerry Grody, the catcher, thought the pitch was in for a call strike, but lost the decision to Frank Sicori, a National League umpire. All of the umpires, six being used here today. Now the 2-1 delivery. Fastball, again a hard one. It popped the glove, and it's in for call strike, two and two. Guzman appears to be about as fast as he has ever been during the season. Jerry has won 36 ball games, lost 23 in his lifetime, two years in the major leagues. He is 25 years of age. The 2-2 pitch. Swung on a miss, strike three, and Guzman strikes out Don Buford. One away in the bottom of the first, no score, and the batter coming up is Paul Blair. They're both fast, Ralph. Who's been simply playing ball right past you? Well, it's interesting to watch a pitcher you have not seen all year, which is the case with me, with Dave McNally, and I suppose you haven't seen Jerry Kuzman, have you, Jim? I saw him one night when, uh, of all things, he got a base hit to drive in the only run of the game and won a shutout over the Pirates, one nothing. That's right, and uh, Jerry is not known for his hitting. Now the batter, Paul Blair, in. He was 0 for 3 in the first game, a 284 season. He had 26 home runs, drove in 76 runs, a former Met, and a little pop-up in the shallow left field. Leon Jones drifting back and now moving in, and he makes the catch. Blair flying out the left field on a change of pace. So two up and two away. And now the big man for the Orioles, Frank Robinson, stepping in. Frank was 0 for 4 yesterday. He batted 308 in the season with 32 home runs, 100 runs batted in. Robinson, the only man in the history of baseball to be the most valuable player in both leagues. With Cincinnati and with Baltimore. And the curveball, low for a ball. 
Robinson standing right on top of the plate, as he has done. He's been hit 160 times in his major league career. And the 1-0 pitch. It's hard to right center field. A long one. It could be gone. It's going, going. And it's taken by the wall by Ron Swoboda. And the side is retired. Long fly ball to the deepest part in right center. And a 1-2-3 inning. The score at the end of one. The Mets nothing. The Orioles nothing. You can take Salem out of the country, but you can't take the country out of Salem. You can take Salem out of the country, but you can't take the country out of Salem. Salem, the taste that's country soft, country fresh, wherever you light up. Salem gently air softens every puff. So take a puff. It is springtime. You can take Salem out of the country, but you can't take the country out of Salem. You can take Salem out of the country, but... Jim Simpson back in Baltimore as we're now in the top of the second inning. Don Clendon and Ron Swoboda and Ed Charles and the New York Mets who are down one game to none in this scoreless ball game, already have done something they did not manage to do yesterday, and that is to get past the first inning without injury. But we'll have to say that Ron Svoboda, who misjudged his leap against Buford Homer yesterday, made a great running catch of Frank Robinson's drive to deep right field today. And it's nothing, nothing, top of the second. Ralph Cutter. All right, Jim Simpson, and it'll be Don Clendenin, who was two for four yesterday as the leadoff batter for the Mets. Dave McNally on the mound. He worked the first inning, one, two, three, and he starts off with a curve and is swung on and missed strike one. Clendenin batted 248 in the season. He had 16 home runs and 51 runs batted in. Now McNally with the next delivery, and it is hit foul into the stands out of play. And a strike two count. The Orioles against left-handed pitchers were 667 in percentage with 36 wins and 18 losses. The Mets against lefties won 24 and lost 14 for a 632 average. So two left-handers going in this ballgame, Jerry Kuzman and Dave McNally. And a fastball way outside, one ball and two strikes. And with the results there, both clubs have done well against left-hand pitching. One ball, two strikes, and then in a deep crouch, standing deep in the batter's box. And McNally, back again. And the pitch is a hard fastball, high for ball two. And McNally also very fast here today. Conditions have been just perfect. One of the things that you find here in Memorial Stadium, no shadows this time of year, which is unusual. At Shea Stadium, where they go for Tuesday's game, it'll be quite different. Now a curve that's low, and it's three and two. Shadows, of course, very tough on the hitters and helping the pitching. Both sides with very strong pitching. The Orioles won the first game four to one. Here, no score. No one out, top of the second. And the three-two pitch. Taken high, ball four, and the first base runner in the ball game, Don Clendenin, getting on in a walk. Had to bring up Ron Swoboda. 
Ron in right field was one for three yesterday. McNally was not wild a week ago, Ralph, in that game over the Twins. And he's thrown a lot of pitches already. Agee and Jones fell off a number of them, and he walked Clendenin after going to 3-2. to two. But McNally, like all youngsters, should be. He's strong. He went 11 innings last week and was just as fast at the, at the end of the game as he was at the beginning. Ron Swoboda, right-hand batter, hit 235 in the regular season with nine home runs and 52 runs batted in. His biggest day in the year was two home runs in the ball game that saw Steve Carlton strike out 19 Mets for an all-time record for strikeouts in the nine-inning ball game. And the first pitch of fastball at her highest swung on the miss strike one. And McNally had that pitch right by him. Van Denen at first base. Yogi Berra, the coach at first. Eddie Oost, the coach at third base for the Mets. shallow center field shaded toward left center just a bit one strike pitch curveball inside the count one and one breeze going in from right field not much of a factor in the game 309 down each line 410 in center 380 in the alleys and at 1-1 the pitch back to Svoboda Curveball popped up in foul territory. Boog Powell has a chance for it. He makes the call and the catch. So Boog Powell handles his second foul pop-up. And on the play, Clendenin stays at first base. One away, top of the second, no score. That brings up Ed Charles. Ed was 0 for 4 in yesterday's ball game. He batted 207 for the year with three home runs and 18 runs better than Ed, a right-hand batter. And Dave McNally, checking it first and coming to the plate. And the pitch is inside over the corner, a call strike. Signs go out, Andy Echebear and the catcher. He catches most of the time against left-hand pitching. And the one-strike pitch is taken in at the knees, and it's strike two. Charles did not like that call or the one before. Charles is known as a glider by the Mets, and the saying goes, don't throw the glider a slider. At two strikes, McNally back again. The pitch is hit hard down to the second baseman, Dave Johnson. He fumbles the ball, but does pick it up in time for a force play at second base as Mark Belanger takes the throw there. On the play, Don Clendenin had to hold up at first to see whether or not the ball would be caught in the air. And so after the ball was knocked down, Johnson had an easy play for the force play and no chance for the double play. So Charles exchanges at first base with Don Clendenin. The Orioles get their second out here in the second. No score. And the batter coming up will be the catcher, Jerry Grody. Number 15, Jerry Grody. Jerry won for four in yesterday's ball game. Won by the Orioles 4-1. Batted 252 for the overall year with six home runs and 40 runs batted in. A right-hand batter. And the first pitch is inside for a ball. Grody batted over 300 the last two months of the season for the Mets. Dave McNally, 20 and 7 for the year, 26 years of age. Charles edging away at first, and the fastball is right down the heart of the plate. 
All strike one. Two hard-throwing left-handers in this very important second ball game. But what game isn't important in the World Series? One ball, one strike. And the pitch. Checking the swing and curve in at the knees at strike two. Probably the only people more disappointed than the Mets in losing that first game were the ticket scalpers. fans, the reason now being that the series will have to go five games. In fact, they lost the first one. Here's the pitch back, and a curve is in the dirt. He gets away from Echebear, and he can't find it. Charles goes down. The second base is in there safely. Ball did not roll far, and Echebear just could not find it. Oh, Weaver is dashing it, I'm sure, Ralph. He's going to say that Jerry Grody was simply getting in Echebear's way. Grody seemed to pirouette in front of Echebear. Whichever way he went, Jerry was trying to get off his right foot and now he is very calmly knocking the dirt out of his shoes and looking away from Weaver and the home plate umpire Frank Sikor. Earl Weaver was a minor league ball player and a very volatile one. Never played in the major leagues. He now hustles back to the dugout and he loses that argument. And the way Grody is picking up that right foot Frank, maybe an Echebaron is trying to get it got stepped on he is stepping out of the box, and it's the right foot that is injured. He is still gingerly towing it into the ground and is now ready again. Until further word, we'll have to score that ourselves as a wild pitch. Ball was in the dirt. Check it out with the official scores. And at 2-2, the pitch to Grody is checked on again, and it's inside. Ball three. Official scoring for this ball game, Lou Hatter of the Baltimore Sun, Joe Dorso of the New York Times, and Dick Young of the New York Daily News and it is being scored a wild pitch so Grody batting with a runner in scoring position no score two men away top of the second and the count of three balls and two strikes and the pitch is grounded down foul and off the front foot of Jerry Grody and he sinks to the ground Jerry Grody is known by the Mets as the best actor on the team, and they kid him all the time about when television is on that he'll put on a pretty good performance. Well, it's got the other foot. Etchebaron, I believe, stepped on his right, and this one was fouled off his left. Now remains at three and two, and Jerry with two sore feet. On deck batter, Zal Weiss. Frank Robinson in right field, a shallow right. So Charles will have to go on a base hit the right field to score from second. The 3-2 pitch again, and it's fouled back again. Grody going for a high fastball and fouling the back ball back against the screen. No score. Two men out, top of the second. Neither side with a base hit. The Mets with a first base runner on a walk to Don Clendenin. And as Jim Simpson pointed out earlier, McNally has thrown a lot of pitches so far in this ballgame. Left-hander sets up. And the pitch to Jerry Grody is hit in the air to shallow center field. Paul Blair coming in. He has an easy play to get to the ball. He makes the catch. And the side is retired. No runs, no hits, no errors. A walk, a man left on. And the score at the end of one and a half innings, the Mets nothing, the Orioles nothing.
Hi, this is Joe Garagiola to tell you some big news about Dodge. Last model year was a great sales year for Dodge, one of the best ever. And Dodge sales for the month of September were the best in Dodge's history. Let me tell you one of the reasons why. The 1970 Dodge Dart Swinger. It's a reasonably sized, reasonably priced car, sure. It won't put the squeeze on your pocketbook. And you can have it just any way you want it to, with six or V8 engine, manual or automatic transmission. You name it, and the price is still right. So don't think small. Take a good look at 1970 Dodge Dart Swinger at your nearby Dodge dealers. Join the crowd that's giving Dodge sales another big boost. But wait until the game's over and tell them that I sent you. When you get that Dodge Dart Swinger, we'd like to remind you to drive carefully. Back in Baltimore Wars Memorial Stadium, Boo Pell, Brooks Robinson, and Dave Johnson. And now to Tony Kubek, who has Mrs. Babe Ruth. Kuzman, who worked the first inning, one, two, three. And Kuzman with the first pitch. Curveball and a beauty over the outside corners. Powell falls away, and it's strike one. Jerry Kuzman likes to sidearm left-hand batters. That time, his curve is right off the top. Now Kuzman back, and again the curve. It's hit hard. Foul down the right field side. And the count at strike two. Kuzman struck out one in the first inning. The regular season, he had 180 strikeouts and 241 innings. Powell hit 12 of his 37 home runs off left-hand pitching in the regular season. Now Kuzman's into the windup, and a sidearm fastball that is high and away as Powell backs away. The cat one and two. Both these pitchers here today are fast. Guzman won 17, lost 9 in the regular season. And at 1-2, he goes sidearm again and misses outside and high with a fastball. Two balls, two strikes. Powell had an inside-the-park home run against Seattle in the regular season. And at 2-2, a curveball is swung on and missed. And Powell pulled badly by a fine-breaking curve by Jerry Guzman. His second strikeout. And now with a scoreless ball game going and one out in the bottom of the second, the batter will be Brooks Robinson. A great favorite in Baltimore. He has won the Golden Glove for Fielding at third base in his last nine years. He was the most valuable player for Baltimore in 1964. He has been in 13 All-Star games, and he takes the first pitch, a curve low and inside, ball one. 
Robinson was 0 for 4 in yesterday's ball game, but he turned in some great plays with his glove at third. Now Kuzman in the windup and the 1-0 pitch. It is inside ball two. Jerry missing with a fastball. The count two balls, no strikes. Brooks Robinson has hit more home runs than any third baseman in American League history. He topped Al Rosen, who had 192, and he now has 196. Little pop-up in the shallow center. A.G. coming in. Harrelson makes a call going back. And the shortstop, Bud Harrelson, makes the catch. So, two away. Bottom half of the second, no score. And the batter coming up will be Dave Johnson, the second baseman. Dave was 0 for 2 in yesterday's ball game. He batted 280 in the season. With seven home runs and 87 runs back then. Johnson had 34 two-base hits. And he got the last hit ever pitched by Sandy Koufax off Sandy Koufax in 1966. And the first pitch of fastball for called strike. Dave, during the year, was bothered with a bad back, and he had to miss the All-Star game because of it. And the next pitch, a curve. But it's low and it's one and one. No score. Two men out, bottom half of the second. And Kuzman back at 1-1. And missing outside and high with a breaking ball. Two balls, one strike. Terry Kuzman from Appleton, Minnesota. Learned how to pitch by pitching in... His barn. A drive down the left field line, but it's foul. And Johnson comes back to the plate. I'll tell you about scouting and baseball. Jerry Kuzman was going to be released by the Mets in the minor leagues, but he owed the ball club $50. So they said they would keep him until payday so they could make sure and get the $50 back. By the time they kept him, he had pitched a couple of good games, and that's how he stayed in the Mets organization. And the next pitch is low, and it's ball three. Three balls and two strikes. There are many stories like that about ball players. Only point out the fact that you should not give up. Now the 3-2 delivery. Fastball fouled back into the stands. And the count remains at three balls and two strikes. No score, two men out, bottom half of the second. tone of this ball game is a lot quieter than the game yesterday. The Braves exploded early in the ball game. I should say the Orioles exploded early in the ball game to take a good lead. Now pitch inside. It's ball four. And the first base runner for the Orioles. That'll bring up the catcher, Andy Etcheberry. Andy, a 249 batter in the season with three home runs and 26 runs batted in. Right-hand batter. Twice made the all-star team in the American League. Does the catching against left-hand pitching. Dave Johnson at first. Two men out, bottom half of the second, no score. And the first pitch is drilled to center field, but A.G. is there. The glasses go down. He turns, makes the catch, the side retire. No runs, no hits, no errors. A walk, one man left on. And the score at the end of two. The Mets nothing, the Orioles nothing. Have you heard about the latest Gillette invention? It's an aerosol shave cream called the Hot One. It actually heats up right under your very nose. No kidding.
We pause 30 seconds for station identification. WGY, Schenectady. The difference between the right word and the wrong word, it's been said, is like the difference between lightning and lightning bug. Which brings to mind the difference between Saratoga Vichy and its drab alternative, tap water. It's a choice between a unique, fascinating mixer or the same lackluster liquid with which one washes automobiles. And oneself. Saratoga Vichy in that green bottle with the vivid yellow label. We're going to the top of the third. The first pitch to Al Weiss is in there for a called strike. On the mound is Dave McNally. This is Ralph Kiner along with Jim Simpson from Memorial Stadium in Baltimore. A scoreless ball game. A pitching duel between McNally and Jerry Kuzman. And the next delivery, a called strike two. Al was 0 for 1 with a run batted in. In yesterday's ball game, he had a sacrifice fly to drive in the only Mets run. They lost 4 to 1. Al fastball outside. It's 1 and 2. Al batted 215 in the regular season. He had two home runs and 23 runs batted in. Al, a one time a switch hitter, going all the way from the right hand side this year. And McNally, a left hander back, and the pitches checked on and in time. And the count at two and two. And the big crowd here thinking that Weiss had swung. The on deck batter for the Mets is Jerry Kuzman. He'll be followed by Tommy Agee as we run here in the third. Either side with a base hit, a great pitching duel going between two hard, hard-throwing left-handers. 2-2 pitch drill to center field, a base hit, the first of the ball game. Weiss makes the turn at first base and holds there as Paul Blair comes up with the ball. Well, Jerry Kuzman, the next batter, is known for the fact that he is not a good hitter. He has a lifetime average of 062. He has had one home run. It came off Bill Hands of the Cubs. Now he'll be coming up in that bunning situation. He'll be trying to sacrifice Jerry did win one ball game, one nothing, with a run batted in. Well, when you told me he was such a bad hitter, Ralph, I checked it up. Not only 062, more impressive, 11 hits and 177 lifetimes at bat. Put him in with Dean Chance and Hank O'Gary. First pitch is in for called strike, and Kuzman was in bunny position, but he took the pitch. Jerry once said this year that he was 0 for 3, 0 for 3 months. <laughs> Guzman bats right-handed. He throws left. And the one-strike pitch is bunted foul. And it's strike two. There have been some bad-hitting pitchers in baseball. I think one of them would be Preacher Rowe. He used to pitch for the Pittsburgh Pirates. One time pitching for the Pirates when I was playing for them, Preacher was given the take sign on a 3-2 pitch. (laughs) So now Guzman. With a two-strike count, Robinson, the third baseman, still looking for the bunt. He charges in. Here's the pitch. It is bunted on and foul tipped, and Echeverry might have had his hand hurt. He goes down to the ground, shakes off the hand, and now walks around, and he's being checked out by the trainer. on the foul bunt, the pitcher's automatically out. A strikeout recorded for Dave McNally. It's second in the ballgame for Dave, and it brings up Tommy Agee. Tommy batting for the second time, struck out his first time up. Catcher Barron is all right. And he now checks out with the pitcher and gets back behind home plate, getting set for the sound. 
271 in the overall season. He's 0 for 5 in the series. Right hand batter. Led the club in home runs with 26. Weiss at first base. The pitch to the plate, the curve. It is looked at, it's called a strike. McNally so far in this ball game has thrown two type pitches. Fastball and curve. He has not changed up. Comes into the game with a 20 and 7 record. Now, ground ball in the hole. It could be a base hit. Belanger goes over, comes up with it, throws to second base for the force play. And another outstanding play by the defensive infield of the Baltimore Orioles. Well, of course, in Mark Belanger, Ralph, they have said that he's the best shortstop in the American League. The one thing he could not do is hit. But this year, he hit 287, and so they've changed that around. Can't make the play any better. He went deep in the hole to field the ball, jumped up like a quarterback throwing across himself, and fired the ball perfectly to Dave Johnson covering the second to get Al Weiss just about by a stride. Weiss sliding in was out by about a yard. Now A.G. at first, a fast man there, and the batter for the Mets is Bud Harrelson. Neither side has tried to steal in the ball game, although one runner was picked off base in the first game. Now a pitch outside for a ball. Harrelson won for three in the first game. Bounced back to the mound his first time up on this one. Mets have the only base hit. A scoreless ball game with two men out in the top of the third. Nelly sets up. A.G. with a good-sized lead. Draws a throw and gets back easily. Luke Powell does a backhand catch of a ball that was low. A.G. in the regular season had 12 stolen bases in 20 attempts. And the pitch taken inside and high. Fastball, it's ball two. But Harrelson, the switch hitter, batting right-handed, hit 248 for the year. Fine defensive shortstop for the Mets. Count is right for a try to steal. A.G. edges off. He does not go, and the pitch is taken inside and high. That's ball three. McNally evidently worrying about the runner at first base and not concentrating on the batter. Has the ball run back to him by Andy Echebear and the catcher. Three balls, no strikes, two and out. In the ball game, the Mets no runs, one hit, no errors, and the Orioles no runs, no hits, and no errors. Two men away, top of the third. Tomorrow will be an off day, and then the Mets will host the Orioles at Shea Stadium on Tuesday. Now the 3-0 pitch. It is low, ball forward for the first time in the ball game. Runners at first and second base. Olsen working out a walk. Agee pushed down to second, and it brings up the Mets' top hitter, Cleon Jones, who batted 340 for the season. is the second walk given up by McNally. Number 21. The other going to Leon Don Glendennon as he led off the second on a 3-2 pitch. Leon is 1 for 5 in the series, 0 for 1 in this game. He was third in the National League in batting to Pete Rose and Roberto Clemente. He led the league most of the year. So the Mets have the situation set up for them and their top hitter. 
Leon in the batter's box. McNally now sets up. And the first pitch. Inside and low, it's ball one. Jones had to dance away from the low-breaking curve. McNally in the regular season was in 41 games, 40 as a starting pitcher. He had 11 complete games. A.G. a fast man on at second base, and Harrelson behind him at first also extremely fast. The 1-0 pitch. It is high, ball two. Just high, and the count, two balls, no strikes. And if you're counting, that's six in a row. And he's missed by not just a little bit, Ralph. He's missing. He is missing, and right now under good pressure. Behind to Cleon Jones. No action in the bullpen yet for the Orioles. McNally sets, checks it second, comes to the plate. And the ball is swung on and missed. Jones going for a high outside fastball with a big swing. So the count now two and one as McNally comes back. Jones likes the ball up and out. And he has big power to right center field. The Orioles playing straight away. They are not deep. Jones mainly is a line drive hitter. Bounces a lot of balls from the infield. Now at 2-1, the pitch by McNally is inside and ball free, and again he misses by a big margin. Saw the count in favor of Cleon Jones, the on-deck batter for the Mets, Don Clendenin. Now Earl Weaver, the manager of the Orioles, has just gone to the telephone. The call has gone to the bullpen, and action is starting up there. And a 3-1. McNally back to Jones. The pitch is swung on and missed. That's Eddie Watt out there again, along with Jim Hart. Frequently they will go to this twosome route. The Orioles will be warming up the right-hander and the left-hander. So action for the first time for the Orioles. They had some yesterday, although they won 4-1 and Cuellar went all the way. Three and two. The runners will be going with the pitch. Two men out. Top of the third. No score. Luke Powell playing off the bag at first for defensive room. And McNally sets up. The runners go. The pitch to Jones is drilled to left field. Going over is Don Buford. And he gets through it. And makes a one-hand play just in front of the wall. to take an extra base hit away. In the inning, no runs, one hit. No errors, a walk, and two men left on in the score. In the middle of the third, the Mets nothing, the Orioles nothing. Second floor, refrigerators, formerly $195, now $215 going up. If you had a fire in your home today and had to replace everything, this is what you'd find when you went shopping. Third floor, living room sofas, formerly $210, now $225 going up. Basic things have gone up 5, 10, 20 percent. Then there's the cost of your house itself. This is why the Hartford invented Inflation Guard, the first homeowner's insurance policy that protects you against inflation automatically. To keep up with rising replacement costs, the Hartford boosts the value of your policy every three months. Sixth floor, rug. New Inflation Guard. The way prices are always going up, can you afford to be without it? 
Insurance by the Hartford. We try to keep things simple. Jim Simpson with Ralph Connor back in Baltimore on an afternoon that is just made for baseball, and this is baseball's biggest attraction, the 1969 World Series. And Dave McNally, the Orioles were in trouble, but Don Gibbons find running catcher, Leon Johns, Jones' hard shot, ended the third, and now the Orioles come up in the scoreless ball game at the bottom of their batting order. Ralph? Okay, Jim Simpson, and it's Mark Belanger to lead off for the Orioles, the eighth batter in the batting order. And Jerry Kuzman takes his sign. Jerry has not given up a base hit. He has walked one. And the first pitch to the right-hand batter hit out to center field. A long fly ball. A.G. started in, goes back, has room, makes the turn, and catch. So Belanger becomes the first out in the bottom half of the third. And it brings up Dave McNally, the pitcher. The last two Orioles, Ralph, have hit the first pitch, and both have lined deep to A.G. and center. Dave McNally hitting the hand as he comes up. He has a lifetime average of 122. He's hit four home runs, one of them this year. And like Jerry Kuzman, he bats from the right-hand side. He's a left-hand pitcher. Kuz checks out the sign. Goes into the short one. And his first pitch is inside for a ball. Kuzman has struck out two. Got Don Buford to start the ball game and then got Boog Powell in the second. Fastball back in for a call strike. It's one and one. No score. One away, bottom half of the third. And Kuzman's 1-1 delivery. Slow curveball inside. Ball up high and it's two and one. Signs go out. Jerry Grody catching for the Mets. And the 2-1 pitch. Fastball over the inside corner. Called strike two. Nally was moving away from the plate and didn't like the call. Third base coach, Billy Hunter. First base coach, George Stoller. Now a swing and a miss, strike three. Nally is struck out. The third strikeout victim by... Jerry Kuzman, and it brings up the leadoff batter, Don Buford, whose fine running catch. And the top of the third. Kept the ball game at nothing-nothing. Buford, a switch hitter, batting right-handed. He struck out his first time up. And the first pitch hit hard to the shortstop, and a great diving catch by Bud Harrelson.
Take it from me, there isn't a better team in the country than Phillips 66 Premium Flight Fuel and famous Tropartic Motor Oil. At Phillips 66, it's performance that counts. Well, we're going now to the top of the fourth inning. It's been a spectacular ball game here. Fine plays defensively. Pitching has been strong, and the Mets now will be coming up with Don Clendenin, their first baseman, as a leadoff batter against Dave McNally. Mets, no runs, one hit, no errors. The hit going to Al Weiss. The Orioles, no runs, no hits, and no errors. Clendenin, the right-hand batter, has two hits and four times up. He's been on base three out of five times in this series. He has a single and a double and a walk. Tom batted 248 for the season with 16 home runs and 51 runs batted in. There's a drive deep to right field. It's way back there. Going, going, and it is going a home run. For the first time in their history, are leading in the ball game in the World Series on the home run by Don Clendenin. They lead by a score of one to nothing, and the batter coming up is Ron Swoboda. And going back to yesterday, Ralph, remember we said that the experts figure that Clendenin and Swoboda must hit if the Mets are to beat these left-handers. Clendenin has contributed his share. Here's Swoboda. Now Ron Swoboda takes high in its ball one. Van Denham with tremendous power to the opposite field hit that ball over the 380 mark and it put the Mets in front by a score of 1-0 here in the top of the fourth with no one out. Next pitch to Swoboda is hit slowly in foul territory toward third and the count one ball and one strike. Ron has had one hit in four times up. Batted 235 for the year. He comes from Baltimore and the Mets signed him under the nose of the Baltimore scouts. One ball, one strikeout. Dave McNally checking out the signs. Now into the windup. And the pitch. It is a fastball taken over the inside corner about letter high. It's one and two. That drive by Don Clendenin had to fight the breeze that's blowing in from right field. Not a whole lot of breeze, but enough to take some of the sting out of a drive to right. Curveball outside. It's two and two. And McNally having some trouble with his control. McNally, on that home run, had a 14-inning scoreless streak snap. And he had a 12-inning World Series scoreless streak broken on Clendenin's home run. The 2-2 pitch. It is swung on and foul back, and the cab remains at two balls and two strikes. Ron Swoboda, the batter for the Mets, as the Mets lead 1-0 with no one out in the top of the fourth. Sometimes when you get out like that, you lose the nervousness that has to prevail as you play a World Series. Next pitch is swung on him. Mr. McNally strikes out Ron Swoboda. Third strikeout for the left-hander and his first out here in the fourth. It brings up Ed Charles. Ed is 0 for 1 in this ballgame and 0 for 5 in the series. Ed Charles. Charles, a right-hand batter, hit into a force play his first time up. And McNally with the pitch. Fastball inside. It's ball one. Appears that the Orioles are trying to pitch Charles inside. Of course, the scouts have been following each team for quite some time to get the book. 
1-0 pitch grounded out to the shortstop. Belanger, he stays back, has it, fires the first base for the second out of the inning. So after the home run by Clendenin, McNally settles down, picks up two men in a row, and his next batter will be Jerry Grody. Jerry Grody. Grody worked the count to three and two his first time up and then flied out to center field. At that time, the Mets had a runner at second base. It was a final out of the second inning. Jerry, one for five in the game, a right-hand batter. 252 hitter in the year. And a curve is in for a call strike. Ralph, if you're looking for statistics, the first time in World Series history the Baltimore Orioles have ever trailed a team. Pretty impressive records. One strike count. And a fastball outside, one and one. Orioles won four in a row from the Dodgers in 1966. And now time call as we got a pigeon, I believe, circling around the bases. Dogs we've heard of. Pigeons we have. Low-flying pigeon out of the flight plan, circling the bases in reverse order, and then taking off into the stands. 1-1 one, one pitch, grounded out to third, and slowly hit ground ball. Robinson picks it up, fires the first base, and gets it man. Another great play by Brooks Robinson. In the inning, one run, one hit. No errors, and no one left on in the score in the middle of the fourth inning. The Mets won, the Orioles nothing. Hi, this is Joe Garagiola, and I want to tell you that Dodge's September sales were the biggest in Dodge's history. Isn't that something? And there's a brand-new Dodge model that's going to give Dodge sales a big boost this year. That's Challenger, new entry in the sports compact field. Gripping the road with a wide stance that says solid and priced to compete with the pony cars. Now, that alone makes Challenger different. Everything from a gas-saving six to Dodge's tremendous 426 Hemi V8. And Challenger has more models to offer than any other in its class to boot. Stop around at your nearby Dodge boys. See Challenger for 1970, one of the reasons for Dodge's spectacular September sales record. Now, at your nearby Dodge dealers, and tell them that Joe Garagiola sent you. And when you... WGY Schenectady. Saratoga ginger ale is not Saratoga Vichy with ginger flavor added. We're not sure where that rumor got started, though we have our ideas. In any event, what Saratoga ginger ale is is a quite unusual, delicious drink with its own identity altogether. It's gingery without being snappish, mellow without being gooey, altogether luscious. But then the Saratoga people do everything in good taste. Should be played by Harrelson or Weiss. It is Weiss waving off ages. Let's pause briefly for station identification. This is the NBC Television Network. Batted 308 for the year with 32 home runs, 100 runs batted in. And Kuzman into the windup and the pitch. It is too low for a ball. Mets leading on a home run by Don Clendenin to right field. Home run coming to the top of the fourth. We have one man away in the bottom half of the fourth. A 1-0 pitch. Curveball hit down to the shortstop. Harrelson, he goes over, just gets his glove and the ball to field it, and then fires to first base in time for the out. A lot of white showing as he fielded that ball out in the end of the glove in the web. 
Ball was not an easy chance, and Bud moved over and back a second to make the play. Now with two away, the batter will be Boog Powell for the Orioles. Powell was struck out his first time up. Guzman got him with a curveball. Jerry has struck out three. He has walked one. The only base runner was Dave Johnson when he walked in the second. And the first pitch, it is a fastball that is low for a ball. Close pitch, but just low. Big, strong left-hand batter. Batted 304 for the year with 37 home runs. And the pitch back is hit hard to the second baseman. Weiss, he takes it. Back in the outfield grass and throws to first base for the out. So another 1-2-3 inning for Jerry Kuzman. He has retired his last seven batters in a row. And the score at the end of four, the Mets won the Orioles nothing. Some men have average size hands. Some men have big hands. For men... Let's go to Tony Kubek. You know, you're going to have a chance tomorrow to uh, show some people all over the country a special. Mitzi Gator special. Is it a good show? Oh, I, well, we think it's a good show. You're being too modest. Who's going to be on the show with you? Rock uh, is uh, on the show with me, and he's one of the co-stars of uh, the Wild Wild West show, and he's a brilliant man. I, I just, I couldn't be more excited about him, and it's, he does a wonderful, wonderful job on the show. Mitzi Gaynor. Breaking away from Mitzi Gaynor and Tony Kubek, we're back here to live action. We're in the top of the fifth. The batter's Al Weiss, accounted strike two. Al had the first hit of the ball game when he singled into center field, and now he fouls a fastball back, and the count remains at strike two. On the mound is Dave McNally. He has given up one run, allowed two hits. Al singled the center field, but was forced at second base. Now with a two-strike count. He'll be followed by Jerry Kuzman and then Tommy Agee. And now the left-hander's curveball is in for a call, strike three. So the fourth strikeout for Dave McNally. Weiss sent away, and it brings up Jerry Kuzman. Jerry struck out his first time up. He was trying to bunt. Guzman gets a fine hand as he comes to the plate for his fine pitching. He has given up a base hit. One away, top of the fifth inning. Guzman batting right-handed, being played shallow and straight away. And McNally's first pitch. Swung on and fouled back, strike one. 
one run, two hits, no errors. The Orioles, no runs, no hits, no errors. One man out, top of the fifth inning. McNally taking the signs. And now back to Kuzman. And the pitch is a curveball. Jerry starts to swing, then holds up and almost gets hit by a curveball inside. One ball, one strike. Field dimensions here, 309 down the right field and left field lines, 410 in center, 380 in the alleys. This park has been shortened up by a temporary fence. One time a tremendous distance to center field. Now fastball at the knees, it's one and two. Kuzman in the regular season won a ball game against Pittsburgh 1-0 and drove in the only run. In the second game of that doubleheader, the Mets won the game 1-0, and Don Cardwell, the pitcher, drove in the only run. Now a swing and a curveball, strike three, and McNally has his fifth strikeout. That'll bring up Tommy Agee for the third time. Tommy is 0-for-2 and 0-for-6 in the series. Batted 271 in the season. Right-hand batter with strong power. He led the club in home runs with 26. McNally's first pitch to Tommy Agee. Checked on, but he went too far at strike one. Frank Segori indicates that on the check swing, his bat went far enough for it to be a swinging strike. Umpires are Larry Knapp at first, Shag Crawford at second, Lou DeMuro at third. Down the right field line, Hank Sower. Left field line, it is Lee Wire. And the next pitch is ball one, and it's one and one. Yogi Berra, the coach at first base. And Eddie Yost, the coach at third. Next pitch is grounded foul. The count goes to one and two. Paper report today had Eddie Yost as a possible manager of the Minnesota Twins. Eddie, for many years, was a standout third baseman for the Washington Senators, which became the Minnesota Twins in the expansion. Eddie is one of those unfortunate fellows who played more games at third base than anyone who never played in the World Series. One ball, two strikes. The pitch to A.G. It is in for call strike three, and Dave McNally has just struck out the side. His fourth, fifth, and sixth strikeouts, a one, two, three inning. He has retired his last six batters since the home run by Don Vandenen. And the score at the end of four and a half innings, the Mets won, the Orioles nothing. So now for the play-by-play, here is Jim Simpson. Last of the fifth inning, and thank you, Ralph Connor. Brooks Robinson at bat with a count of 1-0 and oh from Jerry Kuzman, who has not allowed a hit, pitching a strong ball game. The Mets in front, 1-0 on Clendenin's homer. Bouncer on one hop to Ed Charles at third base, who throws on to Clendenin, and there's one out in the last of the fifth. That'll bring up Dave Johnson, who thus far has been the only base runner for the Baltimore Orioles. But Baltimore, ending the second with Andy Etcheverin's long drive to deep center field. Belangeri has hit a long drive to deep center. Buford has lined to Harrelson, who made a great play at shortstop. And Powell hit a hard shot down to Al Weiss at second to throw him out. So they've been hitting Jerry Kuzman, but they don't have a hit yet. And they trail one to nothing. The Mets, the first team in World Series history to lead the Baltimore Orioles in a World Series game. Johnson takes inside and low. It's ball one. 
when Devin's home run to the opposite field, the right field cleared the 380 marker in the fourth inning, and that's all the scoring in the game. One to nothing. New York, they're down one game to none. Kuzman back, long drive, right field, but Travolta comes over, goes back, comes in, taps his glove, and takes it for the second out. Travolta, who had trouble with Buford's home run yesterday, mistiming his leap, made a dandy catch today on a ball hit back in the uh, first inning by Craig Robinson, the deep right field, right at the 390 marker. Here's Andy Etcheberron, who lined deep to A.G. in this game, his only World Series at bat in this series. The end of the second, hitting the first pitch. Gary Kuzman and Dave McNally both strong, both with lots of stuff today, and Kuzman changes on the first pitch since ball one. Etcheberron was hitting well, but over the last six weeks, he slumped. He was near 300. He dipped from 299 to 249. One ball pitch, and it's inside and low. 2 and 0 to Etcheberron. One run, two hits, no errors for the Mets, no runs, no hits, no errors for the Orioles, and only one base runner. And we're in the last of the fifth. Drive to right field. Kovota going back near the fence. Looking up at the fence and takes it at the fence for the out in right field corner. No runs, no hits, no errors, no left. At the end of five complete. The Mets lead it. One to nothing. Hey, Bill, did you hear that plunker yet? You mean my wife? <laughs> oh, no, no. No, your car. No, no, it's running great now. I can hardly believe it. This is Ralph Kanner from Memorial Stadium in Baltimore. The Mets leading 1-0. They have the only two hits in the ball game. One of them a home run by Don Clendenin. The home run coming in the fourth inning to put the Mets in front of the Orioles. And it's the first time the Mets have ever been ahead in the World Series. And it's the first time the Orioles have ever been behind in a World Series game. And now here for the play-by-play as we move to the sixth, Jim Simpson. an applause for one of the members of the Oil Ground Crew. She is a female, and she always winds up after cleaning off home plate and first and second and third base, the coach's shoes and the third base coaching box. That's the reason for the laughter. Harrelson, in this one nothing ball game, to lead it off against Dave McNally. Switch hitter batting right. Everybody's batting right against McNally today. Bunted up in the air, and that's your very hand. up Cleon Jones who fouled out in the first and with men at first and second in a scoreless ball game in the third hit a 3-2 pitch and lined it to left and Don Buford on his horse and racing to his right stuck up the glove hand and made the catch. 
to end that threat. But the next man up in the fourth inning was Clendenin, and he hit the home run. Here's Cleon Jones once again. Recall what Sandy Koufax was saying to Tony Cooper. It is Koufax's opinion, and that of another NBC broadcaster, Mickey Mantle, also, that Baltimore is the stronger ball club. And I don't think that's any surprise to anybody. But that if Kuzman and McNally are good today, Kuzman must be that much better because Baltimore is a better ball club. Well, thus far today, leading one another, Kuzman has been one run better. Matter of fact, he hasn't allowed a hit. Leon Jones, 340 on the year, one for six in World Series play, and takes outside from McNally, who is now standing in the shadows on the mound here at Baltimore's Memorial Stadium. Jones, the batter, is in the sunlight. Out is quiet. Baltimore trails by a run. McNally's right back throwing hard, but missing inside and low, and it's 2-0. We'll repeat again through the first three innings. Dave McNally threw 57 pitches. And that's a lot. In the fifth inning, the inning before this, he struck out three men, two of them looking. Pulling out Weiss completely with a curve in on him. Jones hits this one high in the air, and backing out onto the outfield grass is Davey Johnson, the second baseman, gives away now to Paul Blair, who takes it for the second out. And here is Don Clendenin. Clendenin yesterday struck out and had a double and a single. Four, the only run of the ball game, and then struck out again. It was two for four. Today, he has walked and hit a home run. And so Clendenin, who started the year briefly with Montreal, almost retiring, they kid him about it, has done quite a job. Ball one for McNally. Someone asked him yesterday, what'd you do? How come you wound up with the Mets and in the World Series? He said, I got on my Ouija board and it came up Mets, so I decided to join the Mets. One and to Clendenin, two out in the top of the sixth, one to nothing Baltimore. McNally is ready. Ground ball down toward Johnson, should be the third out. Davey has it, throws on the boot cowl, and it is the third out. The run for hits, no errors, no left, the middle of the sixth. The Mets won. The Orioles, nothing. Hi, this is Joe Garagio. You want to know something? Last month was the best September for Dodge sales in their history. And one of the reasons is the new 1970 Dodge Charger. And this year's Charger has a new model with a bench front seat. Now, you've never seen that in a Charger before. And you'll like it, especially if you're a family man. And you'll like all the other goodies you get with Charger. Disappearing headlights. Vinyl trim, outstanding good looks. But if you've got real performance on your mind, you just got to see and try Charger RT with Dodge's great 440 Magnum V8 as the standard engine. Now, before you decide on any new car, see and drive the new 1970 Dodge Charger, one of the reasons for Dodge's big sales surge. You could be Dodge material. And when you get in that new Dodge, the Dodge Boys and myself would like to remind you to be sure and drive carefully. After five and a half innings here at Memorial Stadium on a beautiful ball game day, it's the Mets one, the Orioles nothing. The Mets one run, two hits, no errors. The Orioles no runs, no hits, no errors. And once again for the play-by-play, Jim Simpson. All right, Ralph Connor, Mike Belanger, who lined deep to center field and Tommy Agee to lead off the third, is up for the second time today. He's one for four on the series. The Orioles still looking, as Rob said, for their first hit. And we made such a point of saving, saying that Dave McNally threw 57 pitches in the first three innings. Be advised that Jerry Kuzman threw five innings, has thrown only 49 pitches. Belanger right-handed all the way. Hit 287 during the regular season. 
One for three yesterday and a single drove in the second and what proved to be the winning run yesterday. Kuzman is ready. Changes on him on the first pitch. Breaking pitch and it's strike one. Kuzman and McNally both were throwing extra hard in the opening innings. Now begun to mix them up a little bit more. On comes back with a fastball. Out to right field. Travolta starts in. Flips down the glasses. Another couple of steps and has it for the first out of the sixth. Dave Johnson, a right-hander, Andy Etcheberron, a right-hander, and Mark Belanger, a right-hander. The last three batters in this ballgame against the left-hander Kuzman have been hitting the ball to the opposite field. All three have been put out by Savota. Etcheberron really tagged one that Savota took in the corner. Here's Dave McNally, $80,000 bonus pitcher of Baltimore, who struck out on the curveball in the third. He's given up but two hits, but one of them was Don Clendenin's home run, and he trails one nothing. Guzman is ready, hits the first pitch, fouls it out of play off to the right. Temperature about two hours ago here in Baltimore was 77 degrees, a little warmer than that. Guzman's shirt is soaked through. The sun is out. McNally waving his bat as Guzman stares in, now has the sign and throws, and it's high and away. It's one and one. Tim, when you talk about bonuses and $80,000, Reminds me of a story that happened to Baltimore when they signed a pitcher for a large sum and he quit playing. And when they asked him why he quit, he said he didn't like to pitch in front of big crowds. He'd have a tough time today. I'm sure this is capacity today of more than 52,000. Guzman is ready for the 1-1 pitch, and this is way high, but it's 2-1. And, and Ed Charles yells something in from third base, walks in toward the edge of the grass. Now turns away, yells something over his shoulder to Jerry Kuzman. The young left-handed and starting pitcher. Baltimore leads one game to none. In this second game, New York leads one run to nothing. McNally swings and misses, and now it's 2-2. Kuzman has walked one, the only base runner for Baltimore, through five and a third innings. He struck out three. McNally struck out six, walked two, given up two hits in the home. Ground ball right back to Kuzman. is going to have a lot of time to throw McNally out, and throws him out for the second out of the Baltimore sixth. And here's Don Buford, struck out on a fastball that Kuzman simply threw by him in the first inning. And Harrelson, Rob Buford, who's having a fine series of a hit with a diving backhanded catch of a line drive in the third. Number nine, Don Buford. Buford is a man that when you talk about Baltimore, you're inclined to talk about Frank Robinson or Boog Powell or Brooks Robinson. But Buford... Hit the home run on the second pitch the Orioles saw yesterday afternoon. Got another double to drive in another run. Had two RBIs and made a great and sparkling catch to then and hit the ball hard. Tried to bunt his way on. Misses for strike one. Glendennon at first. Weiss at second. Harrelson at short. Ed Charles at third. Cleon Jones at left. Tommy Agee in center. Ron Svoboda in right. Jerry Grody's the catcher. And Kuzman right now is working on a shutout with no hits. Ready for the one-strike pitch to Buford, and it's outside and high. It's one and one. On deck is Paul Blair, hitless in five attempts in this 1969 World Series. Guzman throws again, changes on him, ground ball, charged by Halson, takes a big and bad hop and throws on to first. And now it's six innings without a hit for Baltimore. No runs, hits, errors, or anybody left. And at the end of six, the Mets won. The Orioles, nothing. 
Other people say they created the new shaving cream Gillette for me with lemon. We're going to the top of the seventh, and here is Tony Kubek. Tony Kubek and Mickey Mantle, and now here for the play-by-play, Jim Simpson. Top of the seventh of a one-nothing ball game. New York leading, and Ron Svoboda, born in Baltimore, a lot of his relatives here. He has a scratch hit in five times at bat in the series. Leads off the seventh inning. Svoboda does have good power. Nine home runs on the year. Platoon in right field with Archansky. McNally's ready. Swings and misses on the first pitch. Svoboda today fouled out to Powell, and then... Went for an outside pitch in the fourth and struck out. Dave Leonard is now up in throwing in the Baltimore bullpen. Baltimore getting a good performance from Dave McNally. He's only given up two hits after all. Clendenin's home run, the only run of the ball game. But nevertheless, Baltimore, as we reach the seventh inning, is now in search of some runs. And looking ahead in the seventh, Blair, Robinson, and Powell for Baltimore. Outside to Sabota. One and one to run. The one hit that Svoboda had yesterday was off Cuellar's glove. And Mike came off the mound, got it. A little anxious, couldn't feel it. They gave him a hit. Inside with the fastball. And it's two and one to Svoboda. On Tuesday in New York, the scheduled pitchers are Jim Palmer, who had the winningest percentage in the American League, 16 and four, and Gary Gentry for New York. Outside this time to Sabota, and McNally continues well to throw a lot of pitches, three and one. He certainly has. He has to be over 100 pitches by now in the ball game, and I'm sure that's one of the reasons why Leonard is throwing in the bullpen. Also, Earl Weaver will want to keep this ball game as close as he can. He's trying to hold the Mets at a one-run lead. The three-one pitch, Sabota swinging and missing, and it's three and two. Ron went to the University of Maryland, right down the Baltimore-Washington Parkway on Route 1 from Baltimore. Was playing baseball there when he signed with the New York Mets. The 3-2 pitch from McNally hit to right field. Back on it goes Frank Robinson. Backpedaling. Now it's farther than he thinks. Backs right against the top and takes... has 
been shifting, and what wind there is, Ralph, looks to be blowing in. But Robinson actually started in, started back, stopped and started back again, and finally fell against the chart, making the catch. Caught the ball right against the fence at just a shade to the foul side of the 380 mark in right field. One down in the seventh inning for the Mets, and here's Ed Charles. 0 for 6 on the series, and he takes low. Ball one from Dave McNally. In this game, Charles has hit into a force play and grounded the short. The ball that he hit to Davey Johnson for the force play was a well-hit ball. Drive inside, Brooks Robinson club down the left field line. Charles going around first. Buford goes into the corner, waits for it to come out, and chugging in the second is Ed Charles with an extra base hit, a double. His first hit of the series. Now, here is Jerry Grody, one for six on the series. The last time up, he topped the ball at Brooks Robinson, and how many times can you say impossible or incredible? Made another one of his patented plays to throw him out. And now, with another run, potentially down at second base, the Mets are in business. They lead one to nothing in the seventh. Guzman is pitching a strong game for them. They'd like to win today. They have to win today, nearly. To bring this World Series even. Out in right field, the Mets fans are down, and they are chanting, let's go Mets. Brody swings and accidentally fouls the first pitch off. There has been one no-hitter in World Series history, and I can give you an easy little quiz who threw that one. And four one-hitters in World Series history. Remember Don Larson? They asked Casey Stengel, the manager of the Yankees that year, when Don pitched that no-hitter, if that was the best game he ever pitched. <laughs> Here's the one-strike pitch to Grody. A little hot, and it's one and one. Charles down at second base with a double down the left field line inside the glove of the diving Brooks Robinson. McNally has now given up three hits. Kuzman, through six innings, has given up none. Dave is ready, has his son from Echeverria. Taking his time now, and there's a ball lined, foul, into the seats behind first base. Got a tougher quiz for you, Jim. Who was the hitter that was called out on strikes by Babe Penelope, the umpire, for the last out of that perfect game? Dale Mitchell. Right. How's that? And I wasn't peeking. One and two to Grody. McNally taking a lot of time now, and... He is in a tough situation, of course, with Charles at second base, but it also might be that he has thrown so many pitches that perhaps Dave is tiring. Brody hits it to shallow center field, right in back of second base, and Mark Belanger trots out, says he's got it. Charles comes back to second to two down. Harden has now joined Leonard in the Baltimore bullpen. Jim Harden and Dave Leonard throwing for the Orioles. Here's Al Weiss. Well, Al is a 2.15 hitter. That's right-handed now, and so Gil Hodges put him in the lineup against the left-hander Cuellar yesterday. He had a couple of walks and the sacrifice fly that drove in the only run. And today he is single and has struck out. They're going to put him on to get to the pitcher, Jerry Kuzman, who is uh, somewhat less of a hitter than is Al Weiss. 11 for 177, batting 062 before today. And last year set a record for strikeouts by a pitcher when he struck out 62 times. This year he has already struck out 47 before today and has struck out in his two times at bat today. 
And here comes ball four to Weiss, and he is on base again. The Charles at second and two down, and Kuzman the batter. And listen to the hand for Jerry Kuzman. Well-deserved win-loser draw, Jerry Kuzman and Dave McNally today have pitched excellent baseball games. Been a total of three hits and one run in the game, and we're now with two out on the top of the seventh. McNally's ready to pitch to Kuzman, who swings and drills the ball down for Davey Johnson at second base, and he's got an easy play to first for the third out. No runs, one hit, no errors, and two left. And in the middle of the seventh, the New York Mets continue to lead the Baltimore Orioles one to nothing. Let's do Yankee Doodle. Yankee Doodle. One, two. Down. Riding on a pony. Stuck a feather in it and called it macaroni. What did he call it? Macaroni. <laughs> After a child has been in a bad accident, how can an insurance company help him to laugh again? The Hartford knows that money alone can't do it, but people can. Doctors, specialists, therapists when they're needed to treat the injuries, to soothe the shock. And getting them there fast can also help. At the Hartford, we know it's often the kind of help you bring in at the start that determines whether or not there'll be a happy ending. Insurance by the Hartford. We try to keep things simple. Let's go now to Tony Kubek. Joe Graziola, and I remember Joe when he was a catcher for the 1952 Pirates. And now here for the play-by-play, -play, Jim Simpson. Here's Paul Blair to face Jerry Kuzman. Where were you in 1952, Ralph? I was on that same ball club, unhappily. Strike one to Blair, who takes a big cut. Paul found his batting eye in the league championships against Minnesota, but thus far is over five. He's been on base once. He walked yesterday and immediately was picked off. Although the birds thought that the pitcher for time Taylor had bought. Here's his big Base hit Blair, and there goes the no-hitter of Jerry Kuzman. The first batter of the seventh, Paul Blair, gets the hit. And more importantly, as a team, the New York Mets and the Baltimore, the fact that the tying run is now on first base with none out and Frank Robinson, the batter. Charles is back, expecting 
Not the bunt from Robinson, but we will see. Kuzman staring back, looking to Al White, who points towards second. Looking to see who's going to cover at second, perhaps, if he should have to deal the ball. Now the pitch, and Robinson was not bunting, swings, bounces to the screen. One to nothing, New York on Clendenin's home run in the fourth inning. Right here is a spot for Frank Robinson, and I don't believe Frank has ever sacrificed in his career. He's that great a hitter that he is not called upon to sacrifice the percentage being for him to hit away and possibly pick up the extra base hit. Baltimore leads one game to none. New York leads and this the second game, one to nothing. Robinson checks the swing. The ball is low, and it's one and one. Blair has broken up the no-hitter of Jerry Kuzman. He went six strong innings. The only other base runner was Davey Johnson, who threw a walk in the second. Blair has speed, and Robinson, the batter, has good speed. It takes off some of the possibilities to the double play unless the ball is hard hit. Off the corner for the next pitch, and it's 2-1 to Robinson. And this crowd, a capacity crowd today of more than 52,000, coming to life as the Orioles come to life against Jerry Kuzman and the Mets. The 2-1 pitch. Throws hard. Center field. Agee started in. Backs on the line drive and has it for the first out. But another well-hit ball of the batter Frank Robinson, who drove Chobota 390 feet to the right field wall back in the first inning. Now here's Boog Powell, who was fooled on a curveball and struck out in the second in a hard shot that was knocked down, picked up by Al Weiss, and thrown out in the fourth. But we'll also go back, if we may, to one week ago yesterday, the first game of the league championships. Down by a run in the ninth inning, Powell came to back and hit the home run that tied it up that sent it on to 13 innings, and Baltimore won it. Tom Phoebus, a starter much of the year, who won 14, is up and throwing now for the Orioles in the bullpen. First pitch, and there's a drive to right field. Down the line, fair or foul, it is foul. Not deep, not in the stands, but out of the reach of both rounds for Boda. And Al Weiss, who was running down there from second base. So Blair, who was off and running and around second base, has to come back to first with one down and one strike to the dangerous boob town. gone down to first base, back in standing, and now stepping back into the batter's box. Great power, remember, 37 home runs this year in regular season play, plus one in that first league championship game. Guzman ready, Blair, four or five feet off first base. Guzman throws, going away, and it's one and one to Boog Powell. This is the kind of classic World Series ball game that when you go to see one, Ralph, you dream of seeing. This is a goodie. It certainly is. It's been exciting all the way with some great defensive plays. Guzman ready again. 1-1 pitch. Powell pops it up. Foul. Brody comes back, but it'll be out of play. 50,850. Just a little bit more than yesterday and under the capacity of 52,000. Announced attendance. One ball, two strikes. The New York Mets, one. The Baltimore Orioles, nothing. But the Orioles have their first hit. Their second base runner and the tying run at first base. And Powell, ready now for the pitch from Jerry Kuzman. Hits it off the fist out into short center field. 
Harrelson backed up the shortstop and has to come in to take it right at the edge of the grass, and they're two down. And Brooks Robinson. Robinson is 0 for 6 in this series, but don't let it fool you. Yesterday, two of his shots were line drive, one to center field and one to the shortstop. He has been hitting the ball hard, and of course was the hitting sensation for the Minnesota Twins, or rather against the Minnesota Twins, for Baltimore in the league championships. Robinson has done everything with his glove in this series, but nothing yet with the bat. Changed on him on the first pitch, breaking pitch, and hits the outside corner. Strike one to Brooks Robinson from Jerry Kuzman. Two young and talented left-handers today, Dave McNally of Baltimore, who's thrown a lot of pitches and trails one to nothing, giving up three hits, and Jerry Kuzman, who's got a one to nothing lead, and checks now with Clendenin at first to make sure that Blair, who is very fast, stays close. Strike one to Robinson. Warm, pleasant, and exciting day in Baltimore. There goes Blair, and here's the throw from Grody down to second base. He's there, and he's safe. Picked off yesterday. Today he got a good jump. Brody got rid of the ball in a hurry. The throw was right on line, but Blair simply beat it. Blair got a tremendous jump on Jerry Grody, and it was about the same kind of jump he was trying to get in yesterday's ball game, but the throw went to first base in yesterday's ball game. Now the tying run is at second base with two out of the seven. Robinson swings, base hit, about it. Brooks was very nearly picked up first base. It's one strike to Davey Johnson, who has walked and fly to right. New York won, Baltimore won. This is the second game of the 1969 World Series. Tomorrow's an off day, and then it's on to Shea Stadium. Right now, the Mets are trying to get out of trouble, and even this series, low to Davey Johnson. And it's one and one. There have been one base runner before this inning for the Orioles. Dave Johnson's walk in the second. Two hits, a stolen base, and a run in this. A drive, and Charles picks it up on one hop. He had his back to the play, and the ball was there. And he threw on the second for the fourth. One run on two hits, no errors, and one left. At the end of seven, we've got a tie ball game, New York and Baltimore, one apiece. Some men have average size hands. Some men have big hands. For men with average hands, Gillette introduces our new adjustable razor with an average size handle. For men with big hands, Gillette introduces our new adjustable razor with a long handle. Both new razors have nine precision settings. Gillette figures a more comfortable razor in your hand means a more comfortable shape.
comes the morning. Mmm, and there's nothing like you, your coffee, and your Winston's. Yeah, me and my Winston's. Jim Simpson with Ralph Carner in Baltimore. The top of the eighth, the top of the Met batting order, Tommy A.G. with a count of 1-0, and, oh, and McNally's ready to throw again, and he's high again. And it's 2-0, and, oh, and Dave McNally, who's been throwing a lot of pitches, starts off the eighth inning the same way. 1-1 one to one the score. Darn Clendenin's leadoff home run in the fourth inning, the Mets run, and Brooks Robinson drove in. Paul Blair, who single and stole second in the last inning, the last of the seventh. A.G. swings at an outside pitch, and it's 2-1. Tommy 0-4, struck out twice yesterday, and he has gone down three times today and struck out two more times. He is 0 for 7 and has struck out four times. The 2-1 pitch from McNally. Drive on one hop to Belanger, who's right there and goes on to power first. One out. And that'll bring up Bud Harrelson. Harrelson topped the pitch. Back in the first inning, McNally came off the mound and the close play got him. And then he walked on four pitches in the third. And bunted, foul on the first pitch of the sixth. And Etchebaron simply turned around and caught it. And that was all for Bud Harrelson. Harrelson's half swings at an inside pitch off the fists and fouls it. He has had a good day of field for the New York Mets. One run, three hits, no errors for the Mets. One run, two hits, no errors for the Orioles. And again, Ralph Kahn and I send our best wishes to the armed forces throughout the world. McNally delivers inside. And to those of you listening in Central and South America, one and one to Bud Harrelson. Dick Hall is now up and throwing for the first time in this, the 1969 World Series. Back, ground ball. Robinson charges off third, down on his knees, gets up, and pulls him out. Ralph, we got to haul out the dictionary and get some more superlatives. Well, you know, you almost sound like you're a broken record when you talk about Brooks Robinson because he constantly comes up with the amazing play. And Brooks is not a fast man, but he has great instinct and tremendous hands and great timing. I first saw him play for Vancouver in the Pacific Coast League, and that was just before they brought him up here to the majors. And he has been a great, great ball player. And you'd have to say that not even Pye Trainer could feel better than Brooks Robinson. Cleon Jones, who is one for seven on the series, got a single the first time up yesterday. And today, Don Buford made that good running one-handed stab of his line drive to complete the third inning when men were in scoring position at first and second. 
Now he's 0 for 3 for the day. Last time up he fly to center and he takes a strike from Dave McDowell. The New York Mets have the lead. Baltimore has tied it. We'll repeat, only four times in World Series history has any team ever lost the first two and come back to win the series. Low to Jones, it's one and one. And that's why it is that important for the New York Mets to pull this one out. And Baltimore, should the Orioles win, you would be forgiven if you would say that they had a win of a chance to go all the way. They won four in a row over the Dodgers back in 1966. 1-1 pitch to Jones, low again. It's 2-1. The booing below us, there's a Mets banner being hauled around, and right behind home plate, of course, largely here in Baltimore, Orioles fans. The 2-1 pitch from McNally. Not the only thing that saves the four people carrying that Mets banner from maybe being demolished is the fact they're four girls. 2-2. The ball game start in New York on Tuesday at Chase Stadium at 1 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time. We'll be on there at 1245 Eastern Daylight Time. Hit off the fist and line foul by Jones out in front of it and the count remains at 2-2. Two out, nobody on, and we are in the top of the eighth of a tie ball game. And Cleon Jones is looking for a second hit of the series, the first of today. McDowney has thrown a bundle of pitches, ready to throw again, and foul tipped. And this one, Etchebarren is having a tough time behind the plate. Wells have been ricocheting off his hands several times, and this one hit him in the body and skipped on through to the screen. It was against Jones. Back in the first inning, after A.G. had struck out, A.G. and Jones must have piled up a dozen or more pitches between them, fouling the ball off. And Jones has fouled the last couple of them. It is still 2-2. Ready again, drive out to right field. Back on it goes Robinson, now stopping, shy of the warning track, and takes it to the third out. They go down in order in the next eight. And with the Orioles coming to bat in the last of the eighth, it's New York 1 and Baltimore 1. Hi, this is Joe Garagiola. Have you seen the new 1970 Dodge Monaco yet? If you have, you know one of the reasons why Dodge sales last month were the best ever for September. Because Monaco is so big, so luxurious, so roomy, lots of people want it. Monaco is one of the roomiest of all American cars has new torsion-quiet ride that cushions the body on its undercarriage for a new kind of silence. Yes, sir, torsion-quiet ride, and that cushions the body on its undercarriage for a new kind of silence. A great car to drive, to ride in, to have parked in your driveway. And the price is right on Monaco. Just one of the reasons why 1970 Dodge sales started off on such a high note. And there are plenty more reasons. Your nearby Dodge dealer has a wide selection of models and colors to choose from. See him today. You could be Dodge material. We pause 30 seconds for station identification. 
Schenectady. Saratoga ginger ale is not Saratoga Vichy with ginger flavor added. We're not sure where that rumor got started, though we have our ideas. In any event, what Saratoga ginger ale is, is a quite unusual, delicious drink with its own identity altogether. It's gingery without being snappish, mellow without being gooey, altogether luscious. But then the Saratoga people do everything in good taste. Royals in the last of the eighth inning and takes ball one from Jerry Kuzman, who in the last inning saw his no-hitter and his one-nothing lead disappear. Baltimore got two hits, Brooks Robinson driving in Paul Blair, and it's one-to-one. Drive to right field, but right to Al Weiss at the edge of the grass, and he grabs it. One out. Mark Belanger was flied deep to center, and to right is the batter. Belanger a hitting hero yesterday in that three-run fourth inning, in which the Orioles piled up enough runs to win it. Belanger drove in the second run of the game, which, of course, was the winning run. Looked as though he was going to bunt. Did not, but take strike one. One run, three hits, no errors for the Mets. One run, two hits, no errors for the Orioles. And we're in the last of the eighth. McNally is out on deck with his jacket on. It's a warm day, but they've, of course, protecting that arm from stiffening up. Kuzman is ready again, off-speed pitch, and hits the outside corner, and it's strike two. There is still activity... In the Baltimore bullpen, a left-hander throwing down there. And we can't see any in the New York bullpen. He is called out on strikes with another pitch on the outside corner. Good fastball from Kuzma. That's the fourth strikeout for Jerry. And looking back, it is his first since the third inning. Here's Dave McNally to face his adversary, Jerry Kuzma. Kuzman ready and throws and McNally hits the first one to left field back on it goes Cleon Jones to the warning track looking up near the wall and has it for the out and Mr. McNally almost keyed off the runs hits errors and no one left at the end of eight it's a tie game New York one and Baltimore one Leave alone near the bullpen with stadium policeman Vic Collin. What do you do these, Vic? My main function is to discourage fans from running onto the field to shake hands with the ball player. After eight innings of play here at Memorial Stadium in Baltimore, it's the Mets one run, three hits, no errors. The Orioles one run, two hits, no errors. And as we move to the top of the ninth, here's Jim Simpson. Thank you, Ralph. 
Number 22, who is accounted for the only run the Mets have. Baltimore's only got one, two as the batter. And he had a 1-1 pitch in the fourth inning as the leadoff man over the 380 mark in right field, the opposite field for the right-handed Clendenin. Good power, strikes out a lot, struck out twice yesterday, but came up with a double and a single and scored the only run for New York. Swings at this one, hits it off the fists, and foul into the stands behind first base. Now in Kuzman, the starters are still here. Kuzman won 17 during the regular season. At one time, McNally won 17 in a row. Frank Robinson out in right field. A trainer was working on his leg between innings, and when he came out, he came out with a noticeable limp on his way to right field. One strike pitch to Clendenin. Swings at a high outside pitch, and it's two strikes. And then on his walk, hit the home run and ground it to Johnson at second. Dave McNally peers into his catcher, Andy Etcheverin, and is now ready to throw. High, and it's one and two. Trying to get the free-swinging Clendenin to go for a high fastball. Goes up around his eyes and on laid off. Finale taking perceptibly more time in the last couple of innings. Now is ready. And throws on one, two, and it's hit high in the air and might be caught. Etcheverin is over and watches it go on the seats. Chuck McGraw is now throwing in the net bullpen. And he's done that a few times this year, Ralph. He has been one of the main reasons why the Mets have been such a strong ball club. He's had a fine record in the bullpen. He won nine ball games, and the Mets are hoping they don't have to use him as they could get a run here, and maybe Kuzman could hang on. One-two pitch from McNally to Clendenin. McNally thought he had it. A lot of the fans thought he had it, but it's ball two. Fastball. Frank Sicori behind the plate. Two-two to Clendenin, the leadoff man on the ninth. Each time he is led off, he's gotten on base, walked, and then he hit the home run. He's leading off for the third time in the game. Two-two, and strikes out. The seventh strikeout for McNally and Ralph Kiner. McNally has thrown a lot of pitches, but he still has his stuff. He threw that one hard. Threw that ball as hard as any pitch he has thrown in the ball game, and that proves one thing, that McNally's a very strong pitcher, and youth is really a great answer. Ron Svoboda will repeat again, born and raised in Baltimore, as a scratch hit in six trips to the plate. Last time up, he sent Robinson deep to the tarp. Takes a strike from McNally. One to one to score, with one out in the top of the ninth of this, the second. World Series game of 1969. Baltimore won yesterday's game 4-1. This one's tied at 1-1. McNally ready to throw. Off-speed pitch, and Svoboda's out in front of it and fouls it off to the left. Bounding down along the boxes. And it's two strikes to Svoboda. this series has a scratch hit and has walked. Struck out in the fourth on a fastball way outside. 
He's got two strikes on him now. Now he comes in with a fastball, but it's high, and it's one and two. Now at first, Johnson at second, Belanger at short, Robinson at third, Buford in left, Blair in center, Frank Robinson in right, Etcheverry on the catcher, McNally throwing, hits it off the fist. Powell backhands it at first, now underhands it to McNally, who covers and steps on the back to the second half. Two down, and Ed Charles with a double. Reached on a force play and went to second on the wild pitch, and he's grounded out. One to one to score. And there are four outs from an extra inning ball game. This the World Series. Last time McNally pitched was a week ago today against Minnesota, the second game of the league championships, and he went 11 strong innings before winning that game over Dave Boswell and the Twins. McNally ready. Throws. Breaking pitch, and it's in there for a strike. Ready to throw again, another pitch speed, and it's strike two as Charles this time swings and misses. A portion of left field is in the shade, and the left fielder Don Buford is in the shade. Everybody else is in sunlight. And the batter is now beginning to fade into the shade. Two-strike pitch, ground ball. Robinson can't get this one. Charles has a second base hit in the row. That's the fourth hit given up by McNally, the two out in the ninth. That ball would have been normally fielded by Brooks Robinson if he had not been guarding against the extra base hit down the line. He was playing only two steps away from the foul line, and Ed used the opportunity to hit the ball in the hole in the left field to get on base. One of the axioms of baseball, Ralph Conner. Guard that line, late innings. Don't let the winning run get as far as second. Give him first, but not second. Here's Jerry Grody, 0 for 3 on the day. At 1 for 7 on the series. Robinson made a great play on him back in the fourth inning on a slow roller. Now he's staring over Charles the runner and throws to Grody, strike one call. The Orioles have two hits, the Mets have four, but they've each got a run. Frank Sicori asked to see the baseball. Finally tosses to Etcheberry, and the perusal is over. We're ready to go. One of the key points of this ball game came in the seventh inning with one out. Charles doubled, and then Jerry Grody did not hit. Did not get a base as he popped it short. That set it up for Al Weiss to be walked, and they pitched to Jerry Kuzman and got him out. A one-strike pitch to Jerry Grody. Inside and low, and it's one and one to the Mets catcher. Brody during the year hit 252, and of course a year ago was the all-star starting catcher. Not a great year. Ed Charles off at first base, Blue Powell standing on the bag. McNally staring in at the batter, and now over Powell, and now throws. A curve that doesn't break over, and it's two and one. The Mets looking for the go-ahead run with two outs in the ninth. range forecast for Baltimore was for poor weather. But we have had excellent weather yesterday and today. Now they're ready 
and throws. Ground ball, but it's foul and goes forward and into the Mets dugout. And it's 2-2. The Orioles dugout has Orioles written all over it. The visiting dugout has the flags of many different teams on top of it. 2-2 now. Charles is going on the 2-2 pitch, and there's a line drive base hit. Charles around second base. The plays in front of Buford, but Charles will make it to third base, and Buford throws on to second, and the Mets with two out of runners at the corners, and Al Weiss, who drove in the only run of yesterday's ball game, the batter. Fifth hit off Dave McNally. Etchebaron walks to the mound. Davey Johnson comes in from second base. And a Baltimore coach, I believe it's George Bamberger, is walking out to talk to McNally. And here in the ninth with two out and men at first and third and Al Weiss the batter. Bamberger perhaps is only going to talk things over with McNally. He's talking to Etchebaron first. But Dave may come out. If they take the pitcher out of the ball game right here, you have to bet all you have that Al Weiss will not bat if they bring a right-hand pitcher in. And it will be probably Ken Boswell, who has been a very hot hitter for the New York Mets. He batted over 400 the last month of the season. So I would doubt very much if they take him out. And you're right. Bamberger leaves the mound. McNally stays in with Charles over third base after the single and Brody on first with his single on the 2-2 pitch. Both pulled to left field. Results after two out in the ninth. The one-to-one game. Now here's Al Weiss. Not supposed to be a hitter, remember. Had a couple of walks and a sacrifice fly to drive in the only run yesterday. A single today. And took a curve for called third strike in the fifth and was intentionally walked in the seventh in the situation which Ralph described for you. First pitch to him. Drive. The Mets go ahead. Single to left field on the first pitch from Dave McNally. Two-to-one, New York. Brody stops at second, and a 2.15 hitter, Al Weiss, is having a great series. The batter, the pitcher, Jerry Kuzman, who now knows, no matter what he does at that, in the last of the night, he must retire John Buford, Paul Blair, and Frank Robinson, and if he does, the Mets have even the series at a game apiece. Kuzman last time hit the first pitch and grabbed it to Johnson at second base. They call up and throwing for Baltimore. McNally throws, pitched in on him and down low, but Jerry went for it, swinging and missing, strike one. Brody, who sent Charles to third with a single, is down at second base. And Weiss, who drove in the only run yesterday, has driven in the go-ahead run today. It is two to one. New York, we're in the ninth with two out. All of the trouble coming with two out. McNally throws to Kuzman, blocked by Echeverria, and the ball gets away from him, but Andy keeps it in front of him. And it's one and one. Baltimore has the top of its batting order coming up. And again, Ralph, we shall say again, regardless of who wins, New York or Baltimore, this has been one of the classic World Series games of, well, recent memory. There have been fine plays by Robinson at third base, Harrelson of the Mets at short, Buford in left, Swoboda in right, Frank Robinson in right. Here's the 1-1 pitch, fouled upstairs, it's 1-2. There's been a home run by Clendenham. 
That came in the fourth inning. And then, with the no-hitter going to the seventh, Paul Blair singled to open the seventh. The first hit stole second. And with two out, Brooks Robinson drove him in to tie the game. And now with two out, the Mets have a rally going in the ninth and have scored the go-ahead run on three straight singles to left field. One and two to Kuzman. Two to one to score. New York. McNally staring. Looking back at his runner on second base and throwing. It's high to Jerry, and it's 2-2. The third game of this World Series will be at Shea Stadium. 12.45 Eastern Daylight Time will be on the air Tuesday. Tomorrow is an off day. A lot more wind now, and it is blowing from right field toward left. McNally ready with a 2-2 pick. Throws hard, ground ball toward Belanger, the shortstop. He's up with it, throws on to first base, and has Kuzman. And the Orioles are out it, but the damage has been done. One run on three hits. No errors, two left to the last of the right. With New York leading Baltimore, 2-1. to one. Second floor refrigerators, formerly $195, now $215 going up. If you had a fire in your home today and had to replace everything, this is what you'd find when you went shopping. Third floor living room sofas, formerly $210, now $225 going up. Basic things have gone up 5, 10, 20%. Then there's the cost of your house itself. This is why the Hartford invented Inflation Guard, the first homeowner's insurance policy that protects you against inflation automatically. To keep up with rising replacement costs, the Hartford boosts the value of your policy every three months. Sixth floor, Rod. New Inflation Guard. The way prices are always going up, can you afford to be without it? Insurance by the Hartford. We try to keep things simple. We pause 30 seconds for station identification. WGY, Schenectady. The difference between the right word and the wrong word, it's been said, is like the difference between lightning and lightning bug. Which brings to mind the difference between Saratoga Vichy and its drab alternative, tap water. It's a choice between a unique, fascinating mixer or the same lackluster liquid with which one washes automobiles and oneself. Saratoga Vichy, in that green bottle with the vivid yellow label. From Memorial Stadium in Baltimore, Maryland, we are going to the bottom of the ninth inning. The Mets leading by a score of 2-1. They have two runs, six hits, made no errors. The Orioles, one run, two hits, and no errors. The Mets got the first run of the ball game in a home run by Don Clinton in the fourth. The Orioles tied it up on a single by Paul Blair, a stolen base, and a single by... Brooks Robinson, but the Mets in the top of the ninth inning got a run after two member out on a single by Ed Charles on a 2-2 pitch with the runner going. Jerry Grody singled the left field, put runners at first and third. And then in the first pitch by Dave McNally, Al Weiss singled the left to put the Mets in front. Now it's the bottom of the ninth, and here's Jim Simpson. Thank you, Ralph Carter, Don Buford, who hit the home run yesterday, 0 for 3 today, but Harrelson at shortstop in the third. Made a fine diving catch of his line drive. Buford trying to get on base. If he does, he has speed. Down by a run. Baltimore trying to come back in the ninth inning. Kuzman is ready. At what pressure he is under. He throws high and outside to Buford, and it's ball one. The Orioles have only lost 21 games at home all year long. Two to one to score. Kuzman ready. Throws hard. Foul back toward us. 
And it's one and one. What a difference it would be for the Mets if they can hold on and go to New York and Shea Stadium tied at a game apiece. And what a difference it would be for the Orioles if they can pull it out and go to New York up two to none. Orioles fans coming alive. 1-1 pitch. Hit high in the air. In the center. Agee is in. Weiss is out. And Svoboda is over. And he's the one that takes it. One down in the ninth. Kuzman and the Mets are two outs away. Paul Blair, who started it in the seventh with the first base hit of the ball game for the Birds. Stole second. Came home on the single by Brooks Robinson. Is the batter. Blair before that was 0 for 5 in the series. Blair. But I'm sure we remember that three years ago, in 1966, Blair hit a home run as Baltimore won one of its four games against the Dodgers, one to nothing, on Paul's homer. One out, Kuzman has to work to all right-handers and throws to Blair. Outside, ball one. It's ironic that the only run in this game has been scored by Blair, and at one time he was the property of the New York Mets. He was drafted by the Orioles out of their farm system. Two runs, six hits, no errors for the Mets. One run, two hits, and no errors for the Orioles. And here's the 1-0 pitch. Low, and it is 2-0 to Blair. Any runner becomes the tying run. The Mets started their trouble, as far as the Orioles were concerned, with two out of the ninth. There's one out in the last of the ninth. Guzman is ready and throws hard, and Blair fouls it to the screen. Fine pitch, 2-1. Ron Taylor, who worked yesterday, is up and throwing again now for the Mets. Earlier, it was Chuck McGraw. Watt, Harden, and Hall have all thrown, and Leonard for Baltimore. The 2-1 pitch from Kuzman outside, and it is 3-1. And now he's got to come in with a pitch. He does not want Blair on base. But I'm sure you know in this modern era of pitching, unlike the old days, Pitchers like Kuzman and many others will go to the breaking pitch on a three-and-one count. Let's see what Kuzman does. He still has a lot of speed, throws it, and it's fouled to the screen. Three-two. And Dunnan walking nervously off first. Weiss holding on to his glove at second. Harrelson is at shortstop. Ed Charles right at the line at third, guarding against that extra base hit. Jones in left, A.G. in center, Svoboda in right, Grody's the catcher, and Kuzman is ready on three-two with one out of the ninth. Mets leading 2-1. to one. Ground ball. Harrelson at shortstop. Has it on the second half. Throws on. They're two down. In a 3-1 situation, Blair fouled a pitch back. In a 3-2 situation, Kuzman got him on the grounder to Blair. And now, the man, the leader of the Baltimore Orioles, who is 0-7 for, for the series, but hit 32 home runs during the year, has driven Sobota to the 390 mark and has lined to center field. Is the batter, Frank Robinson. And we're having some switches in outfielders as they want defense, Ralph. This is a move that Gil Hodges has put on all season long against strong hitters in this situation with two men out. He is trying to keep the extra base hit out. He has moved into a four-man outfield, moving now Weiss, the second baseman, in the left field, moving Cleon Jones to left center, Tommy Agee to right center, and Ron Svoboda in right. There are two infielders, Bud Harrelson and Ed Charles, on the shortstop third base side of the infield. In other words, he can have the single if he punches it to right. 
but don't get him down to second base. Charles again right on that line. The Mets looking for their first World Series victory in history. Their first loss for the Orioles in history. Outside to Frank Robinson. Ball one. The Orioles took four in a row from the Dodgers in 1966. Three playoff games this year from the Minnesota Twins. And yesterday's opener in the series. Trying now to stave off a possible defeat to the Mets. On the corner with the fastball from Kingston, it's one and one. The four-man outfield. And I'm sure everybody will rush to the record books to see that's never been done before in World Series play. Well, Hodges has done it, as Ralph said, during regular season play. One and one to count. Kuzman back, throwing hard and catches the corner again. Strike two. One and two to Frank Robinson. The team leader, 308 during the regular season. 100 RBIs, 32 home runs, but hitless in seven tries here in the series. And Kuzman is ahead of him. Ready to throw again. Changes on a curve, and it's down low, 2-2. Two -two. Robinson did not offer for it. As we told you, they say that Frank will joke with you after a game or after he gets a base hit, but while he is at bat, he is always serious, and especially in a situation like this. Nobody's on, two out, two to one, the Mets, last of the ninth, and Kuzman ready. Fastball, but it's fouled upstairs, out of play, foul. And it is still 2-2. Repeat, Frank has hit the ball very hard twice, in the first to Sabota, and in the seventh to center field and agent. again. 2-2 two, two the count. Outside, he goes all the way. 3-2, just as he did with Paul Blair. And waiting on deck is the left-handed, but powerful hitter, Boo Powell. Kuzman stares into Grody. Grody looks toward the Mets' dugout. Now gives the sign to Kuzman on the 3-2 count to see what it is they throw. They've walked him. that Boog Powell can win the ball game for Baltimore in one swing of the bat. That's the situation Kuzman has. But Jerry does have one advantage. He's a left-hander throwing to a left-handed batter. And as Ralph Conner told you earlier in the ball game, likes to sidearm the left-handers to keep them off balance and backing away. Kuzman now ready for this, the most dramatic moment of this second World Series game. First pitch is down low, ball one. Should Powell walk, he would put Rettman running for Robinson in scoring position at second and bring up Brooks Robinson, who drove in the other run. So many different conditions of this game. The 1-0 pitch, foul to the screen by Robinson, or rather Powell, and it's 1-1. One one. Rettman holding on at first base. The go-ahead run was driven in on the top of this inning with two down. 
and runners at the corners by Al Weiss with a single on the first pitch to left field. And Denon's homer is the other run for the Mets. Brooks Robinson drove in the only Baltimore run. The draw is up and throwing. Low in the dirt, blocked by Grody. No advance by Retton. It's two and one. The draw has joined Ron Taylor. They've both been throwing before. They're both throwing right now. In the Mets' bullpen. Apparently, and reportedly, Frank Robinson hurt himself in batting practice, but did not take himself out until drawing the walk in the late inning. The throw, low and away from Bill Powell, three and one. Remember, he went to three and one on Blair, they got him three and two on the ground ball. Went to three and one on Robinson and walked it. Van Denen walks over. Ed Charles walks to the mound and says, they both say something of a comforting nature to Jerry Kuzman. The youngster trying to win this ball game, 25 years old. In his first series, and an out away from his first series victory. Throws to Powell, swings, and I mean a mighty cut, but misses, and it's three and two. So now, with two out, Reppman will be taking off from first base. Three, two, two out, last of the night, classic situation, two to one, New York. Kuzman, the left-hander, against the left-handed power hitter, Boo Powell. Kuzman is ready. Reppman is running. The pitch is down low, ball four. Reppman walks to second base. The tying run is on at second. Hill Hodges is coming out on a signal to the bullpen and will bring in a pitcher as Brooks Robinson is due up. Guzman, leading 2-1, to one, got the first two men, Buford and Blair, but has walked Frank Robinson and Boo Powell. And that will be all, I'm sure, Ralph Connor. And it looks like Taylor, who is coming in, who has had World Series experience, the only one of the Mets, with the Cardinals five years ago. Ron Taylor has appeared in this series. He worked against the Orioles in this first game of the series, working two innings. He walked one batter, gave up no hits, allowed no runs. And when you talk about baseball as a sport of real anticipation, here's a hand for Jerry Kuzman, who was only one strike away from picking up the first World Series victory ever for a Mets team. And he is slowly walking off the field. And a standing ovation for Jerry Kuzman as he walks off the field. And he was three and two on his last two batters, a strike away from winning the ball game. And now it's up to Ron Taylor, who is coming in. Ron will be working with runners at first and second, two men out. We're in the bottom half of the ninth inning. What a ball game. In the ball game, the Mets have two runs on six hits. They have made no errors. The Orioles, one run, two hits, and they have made no errors. The Mets had the early lead on a home run from Don Clendenin as he led off the fourth inning. A home run over the right field fence, 380 feet away. The Orioles were held hitless through the first six innings, but then Paul Blair, an ex-Met, got a base hit to left field. And with a stolen base, reached second base where he scored with two men away on a single to center field by Brooks Robinson. The Mets got the lead back as they scored a run in the ninth inning with two men out. Ed Charles singled to left field, and then Jerry Grody on a 2-2 count, and the runner going on a hit-and-run play singled to left behind him. And that put runners at first and third. It brought up Al Weiss, the eighth batter in the batting order, a 2-15 hitter for the year. Al had driven in the only run for the Mets in the first game of a 4-1 loss. 
And on the first pitch by Dave Brignali, why single the left field to put the Mets in front two to one. And that's the way it stands right now as the Orioles have runners at first and second base on two consecutive walks and the Mets have Ron Taylor under the gun. As we go to the bottom of the ninth inning, two men away. Brooks Robinson, the batter, here again for this exciting play-by-play, Jim Simpson. All right, Rob Carter, and the crowd comes to life. Brooks has been their hero of field, and today drove in with a single on the first pitch. Make that the second pitch of the seventh. The only Oriole run. Two to one, Ron Taylor to work to Brooks Robinson. Rettman is down at second. Booth Powell is on at first. Two to one, the score. Taylor appearing into Grody. 12.45 Eastern Daylight Time, Tuesday, the third game of this series. And this one, a breaking pitch, backs Brooks Robinson clear out of the box. It was up under his chin. A lot of the fans are booing, but if you want to really deck a man, Ralph, you're not going to throw him a curveball, I don't think. And you're sure not going to want to hit a batter in this spot. You don't want to wake him up. I'm sure Brooks is awake. 1-0. And now they have to scare the pigeon off of the field. And one of the attendants does so with a towel. Earlier in the ball game, the pigeon swooped in, started from third, and about two feet off the ground, flew to second, back to first, and then disappeared into the stands. One another Robinson. Last of the night, Taylor throws breaking pitch. He did not go around, they say, and it is 2-0 as Robinson took a half swing. So quickly, Taylor is down to Brooks Robinson, 2-0. The on-deck batter is Dave Johnson. An extra base hit can win it for Baltimore. A base hit can tie it. And, of course, if Taylor gets Brooks, it's all over, and the series is tied at a game apiece. The 2-0 pitch from Taylor. Strike. Call. 2-1. And, and Grody races out to say something to Ron. They have conversed. Jerry runs back. Robinson never left the batter's box. Sikori looks over. Now says everybody's ready. Taylor on the rubber, getting a sign from Brody on the 2-1 pitch, and is ready and goes to a stretch. Throws inside again, and it is three and one. Robinson walks. The bases are loaded with two out. Three and one. The Met bullpen continues active. Yesterday, Baltimore won 4-1. to one. Today, it's 2-1 to one with two out of the ninth. McGraw is throwing for the Mets. Taylor back on the pitch, and it's fouled at the plate. Picked up by Grody, and it is 3-2. And, and again, here we are. Two out, last of the ninth. Runners now at first and second. They'll be off and running, and the count 3-2. to two. And again, the Mets have come within a strike of ending the ball game. The last time, they walked Powell. Let's see what happens this time as Ron Taylor looks for the sign. Goes to a stretch. On 3-2 and throws. Ground ball for Charles, who has to go to first base. Low throw after almost going to third. He is out. The ball game is over, and the Mets win it 2-1. Ed Charles almost tried to beat the runner, Redmond, the third, and nearly could have made a big mistake of omission. 
finally he threw to first and had the slow running Brooks Robinson by a couple of steps and the Mets have won it Ralph Kiner two to one and it is all even at one apiece the final score of the second game New York two Baltimore one and we'll be back with a recap of today's game right after this message Dusk comes fast in the Rockies once the sun drops behind the peaks. Now, the lights of the town turn on. Hiking down the dusty trail, hear them old coyotes wail. I'd walk a mile for a camel. Heading for you nowhere, gonna get real big flavor there. I'd walk a mile for a camel. I'd walk a mile for a camel. Walk a mile, wouldn't you? I got a wandering soul, beat up boots with a great big hole. I'd walk a mile for a camel. I'd walk a mile for a camel. This message was strictly for smokers who've never tasted a camel cigarette. Camel smokers, you know what we mean. You other guys, start walking. In one of the most exciting ball games you can ever imagine, the Mets have done something they have never done before. They have won a ball game in a World Series. This is the first World Series they have ever played. This is their eighth year of baseball. And it was their strong, strong arm left-hander, Jerry Kuzman, who was the winning pitcher. Jerry went eight and two-thirds innings, and then on a 3-2 pitch, and only a strike away, walked Frank Robinson. He also walked Boo Pyle. And it also came in a 3-2 pitch. That put runners at first and second. The time run at second. The winning run at first base. The batter was Brooks Robinson. Manager Gil Hodges went to the bullpen, brought in Ron Taylor. And Ron taking it all the way down the line, going to 3-2, got Brooks Robinson to hit the ball down to third. It was a tough chance. Ed Charles fought it off. Made the play of picking the ball up. He had thought about going to third base, started there for the force play, but then saw he could not beat the runner and then threw over to first base and got the man at first for the final out of the ball game. The Mets got the first run of the ball game and a home run by Don Clendenin to right field in the fourth inning. The Orioles tied it up with a run in the seventh. Jerry Kuzman had pitched a no-hit game for six innings. Only one man had reached first base, Dave Johnson on a walk. And then Paul Blair singled to left field. With two men away, he stole second base and scored when Brooks Robinson singled to center field. That made it 1-1. The Mets got the winning run in the ball game in the ninth inning on a single by Ed Charles, a hit-and-run single by Jerry Grody, and a run batted in single by Al Weiss, and they held on to win the ball game by a score of 2-1. Kuzman, the winning pitcher. McNally, the losing pitcher. We'll be back with a final rundown of today's ball game right after this message. Hi, this is Joe Garagiola for Dodge. And if one month's sales figures can predict the success of a car for the rest of the year... The Dodge boys have a big winner for 1970. The figures for September are in. And now, well, listen to this. The total is way over that of a year ago and establishes a brand-new September record for Dodge. Now, one reason for that record-breaking total of Dodge sales has got to be Dodge Coronet. For 1970, Coronet comes on with new styling touches throughout, including its unique double-loop grille, and vinyl interior touches. Like luxury, we'll simply say Coronet 500. You get bucket seats, 318 cubic inch V8, three-spoke steering wheel, and more. So get the Coronet story at your Dodge Boys. 
see him after the game for a test drive. And tell him that Joe Garagiola sent you. Back in Baltimore, this is Jim Simpson. And on Tuesday, when we come back on the air from Shea Stadium in New York at 12.45 Eastern Time with game time at 1 o'clock Eastern Time, the Baltimore pitcher will be Jim Palmer, who led the American League in percentage of victories this year, 16 wins, lost only four, and was second in earn run average. Palmer, a very strong and a very hard thrower, and a World Series veteran in that he pitched a one nothing ball game back in 1966 to beat the Dodgers in a game. We're all even, Ralph Kiner, at 1-1. And moving on to Shea Stadium in New York, a youngster by the name of Gary Gentry, supposedly, is going to get the call. And I would doubt that Gil Hodges, who's done things that he said he's going to do all throughout the year, will stick with that original choice. Now, this is Jim Simpson with Ralph Kiner from Baltimore's Memorial Stadium, reminding you that the weather has been perfect here for the last two days. We hope we get the same at Shea Stadium in New York. And the baseball has been exciting. Baltimore won yesterday 4-1, and today New York wins 2-1. Our game has been brought to you by Chrysler Corporation, engineering with care. Your host for today, your local Dodge dealer. The Hartford Insurance Group and Hartford agents and brokers everywhere. Gillette, we have a new adjustable razor for a more comfortable shave. And by STP Corporation, makers of STP oil and gas treatment. The final score once again in the second game of the World Series, 2-1 New York. It's all even a game apiece. This has been an NBC Radio Network production. Baseball is pro-